Remember, remember the month of December. Ugh, let's not. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And we're in the same room again. Hooray, hooray, huzzah, tolu, tolay. Oh, who? Exchanging germs. Yeah. Well, hopefully not. Is the, is the, um, well, maybe germs aren't so bad, right? No, they're fine. Right. Because the, because COVID isn't a germ. No. Okay, there you go. So that's fine. Yeah, I didn't say anything wrong. Did I say anything? I said exchanging germs. I meant it was a good, good way. What is the good way of exchanging germs again? I don't know. I don't even. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Did you ever hear about those uh, chicken pox parties from when uh, apparently it happened in the 70s, where it was like parents would like go, ah, let's just give the kids chicken pox, and they all get it over with. You get it over with, and then uh, yeah. Did you ever? You were never part of anything. No, like that. I did have chicken pox, but I had it as yeah, a as a baby. Oh, oh! I had it, so I don't remember it. So it, okay. Apparently, it was uncomfortable for me. It was sure, bad for sure. my parents, who had to like deal with a crying baby who was going through chickenpox. But you know what? What you don't remember can't hurt you. Ah, ooh, that's not. Speaking at all. of that, how's your fall? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, it's just like uh, whatever your therapist tells you. Whatever you don't remember is uh, the thing. Um, let's just say uh, a man, December blue. Aside mm. from uh, Pia's birthday, which was lovely, yeah, that was great. Uh, there was a lot of uh, crap in uh, December, so so yeah, I went. I had a fall uh, and uh, uh, got knocked out for yes. a little bit. Uh, and apparently, we're trying to figure it out. Probably like less than a minute, if that. You know, if if it happened sure. at all. But uh, yeah, I did. If you little, were knocked out, if I was knocked out, yeah. Did you? Did you? Come out of a blackness to to awareness of people around you. Uh, I remember uh, uh, walking down the street. I remember uh, things going gray. The and the impact. Mm. I remember the impact and things and and the grayness. Mm. And then the next thing I remember is having conversations with people, trying to convince them I'm okay, <laughs> and then disagreeing with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you were saying I'm Pepper. That's right. I'm Pepper. It's perfectly Pepper. All That's right? right. I'm Pepper Potts from the <laughs> Iron Man movies. And uh, by God, I'm going to make Tony Stark love me. Uh, yes, in the comics, I was dating Happy Hogan. Why do you ask? I know too much of that crap. And so, yeah, they, uh, I got sat down on a, a little step uh, and uh, called my wife. And uh, I don't remember them leaving, but uh, I remember telling my wife all the information. And, uh, and her picking me up in a cab and we go into uh, urgent care. And, uh, and yeah, and basically being told, yeah, they went through all the things that you do, which is like, follow, follow the finger. Okay. Walk a straight line. Uh, okay. Push with your hands, push with your hands, raise sure. both hands at once. Did you have smile. to touch your nose? I maybe did. This, maybe I, this is a drunk test. I did not have, well, actually, you know what? I <laughs> made a joke about that, which was a good sign. I did the, uh, they did the follow the finger where they moved their finger around and I had to like touch their finger in various parts. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. That was all fine. And they said, yeah, if it gets any worse, uh, uh, go to the ER and get checked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you know, but you probably had a concussion. Uh, so they said probably they weren't sure. Yeah. Well, they can't be sure without a, without a, like, uh, a CT scan. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so a grapefruit size bump in the I back had of your big, head is no, yeah. is no, <laughs> no sign of a It's a sign of, but possible it's not concussion. Okay. necessarily it. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I, I had a lot of, um, I had a lot of uh, dizziness at random times. Yeah. So, you know, Did they things... give you like a list of, of things to look for? 
Uh, it was basically like if you if you feel uh, nauseous, if you th- basically if you throw up, mm-hmm. uh, if you know if if you pass if you pass out for sure, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and if the if things get worse, yeah. is the the general yeah, yeah. thing. So, but the problem was like things were generally getting better, but then the problem was I went for the booster shot, and that threw like everything into a blender, uh, you know. And the first night I was fine, and then the second night, can uh, I ask which? Uh... Moderna. You got Moderna. Yeah. You'd had Pfizer before? Uh, no. Uh, first, first one I, I had was AstraZeneca. Then it was Moderna. Then it was a half dose of Moderna for the booster. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, th- then everything just went all friggin' random. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- had a little bit of a fever, but it was more like there was, here, here's what I ended up having happened to me. It felt like someone was squeezing various body parts of mine, like really mm-hmm. hard. And then it also would feel like uh, everything was draining out of my body in a creepy way, like I was going to pass out. Okay. Uh, like there was a lot of electricity going through my body, like uh, just like shooting pins and needles through my arms okay. and my legs okay. and up my back. So a lot of nerves, nerve stuff. Yeah, going and on my here, head yeah. was very heavy. Like it felt like there was a wandering headache that would just wander. That was about the size of a grapefruit. It would wander around my head, down into my face. Wow. Uh, and, and this is after your Moderna. It was after the Moderna, yeah. So and you were fine before that. Yep, yep. Hmm. And then it was there was this. Uh, and so maybe so, you shouldn't have. Uh, I mean, who, who knows? Hindsight is twenty twenty. But what are you going to do? Like you know, yeah, probably you getting uh, you know uh, COVID would be worse. You know, who knows? You know, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. So uh, anyway, but, but whether or not okay, so so I heard it's not real. Oh, that's good. So you know. That's so you know. You can't get it if you don't believe in it. <laughs> also, if you move, if you, if you stay perfectly still, it yeah, can't yeah. see you. It's like a T-Rex. That's right. So anyway, and that got worse like the next night. And it was just this real, like there was, there were some feelings that were like really creepy where it just felt like, you know, in my, in my chest, it felt like there was nothing. Like things just were draining out, hmm. like really cold, creepy yeah. feeling in my chest. And it yeah. was like, oh, this is. Yeah, you feel like you're literally. I, there's been a, quite a few times where I felt like, well, I could die right now. This feels like I could die. Hmm. Uh, but that, but then convincing myself, no, 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 I'm not. I mean, that's just false information. Yeah, I'm getting. it's false hope. That's false hope. <laughs> so what I think happened yeah. was there was two things that went on. One, I was getting side effects, and those were the headaches. Yeah, and also the first time I ever had uh, a COVID vaccine, the AstraZeneca. I became incredibly sensitive. Like I did feel tingles, mm. uh, the slightest breeze really just was like, ow. Like Could, it, couldn't go on Twitter. I couldn't go on Twitter. I was way too sensitive <laughs> about things. I was afraid of being canceled. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then things got a little uh, like then. So it got to the point where I was like, I'll oh, hell with it. Like I was told if things get worse, go to the ER. So I went to the ER. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does sound like it was worse. So yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, I was still getting like some vertigo as well. Not as mm-hmm. much, but um, mm-hmm. that was still there. Yeah. So went to, went to the ER and uh, they did an EKG and they uh, asked me all the questions and they did all those tests again. And, uh, and let me just say like every trip to the ER, I was having the best day of anyone there. <laughs> I was having an incredibly shitty time, yeah. But I was having by far the best time of anyone there. Sure. So, like, there's a person next to me that's going through. Holy God! And then to the left of me, Jesus Christ! And then like all these cameos going by of mother, and you know, it's just like, well, let's clean that blood up, mm, and just like mm. you know, that's so, interesting. I've never, 
you know, I've only ever gone to the ER in Langley, so mm-hmm. you know, kind of a not the busiest, most most urban. But I would think you would be getting rural emergencies. So some of those would uh, be blood related or bro. So no, what do you go to the it's ER very for sedate. in Langley? It's very it seems very sedate. The only time I've ever seen blood was a a young girl came in, like a young woman came in. Yeah. And she'd been hit in the side of the head by a bottle at a bar. Mm. And she walked in and she said, I need to see a doctor right now. And they said, well, you'll have to, you know, explain to her the procedure. And she's like, well, fuck you. And she just walked out. Yeah. I thought, well, no wonder she got hit in the head with a bottle. I would hit her in the head with a bottle if that was her attitude at all times. But maybe she was angry about getting hit in the head with a bottle. Yeah. Also, that might have affected her mood. <laughs> she was in a bad as, mood. As, well, why, just, would that, why would you be in a bad, bad mood after getting smashed in the head with a bottle? I don't even think it's a, a, a bad bottle? mood. It's a... Uh, as someone who may have had a concussion, it does affect your mood. There she might have had a concussion. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so so you were here in the midst of of horrors. Yeah. So you know, like I'm I'm there just like I'm I'm more worried at the time about everyone around me. Sure. Like I'm just like, oh, are you okay? Oh, I want to make sure they're okay, but mm-hmm. I can't like. So I'm just like trying to give like you know the nods of support yeah, yeah. as much as I can of just like. Hey, we're all in this. How are you doing? Are you okay, everyone? You know, trying to. <laughs> meanwhile, you know, and I'm and I'm. I got in. What are you doing here? You're walking. Well, yeah, but I also said I felt like a really cold thing in my chest. Mm. I was like, okay, that's the. In you go, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. And also, that's what you want because I did have like it was the two week anniversary of the uh, fall fall. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were like, oh yeah, well you had a. You had a bad fall. We're gonna make sure to mm-hmm. check this all out. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, I had originally called eight one one, which was the the nurse line. Yeah. You know you know about eight one one, right? I keep getting a pizza. Okay, well then you're calling incorrectly. Huh. Uh, if you live like in the BC area, if you call, if you dial eight one one, you can talk to a nurse. Yeah. So if uh, you can you can ask them, you know, uh, what do you think of this? And if they go, well, you know what, I'd talk to a doctor if I were you, and then they'll put you. In connect, they'll connect you to a doctor, and then you'll do either a video call with the doctor or an audio call with the doctor. And then that doctor will, if you're the doctor I talked to, went, you know, it doesn't sound like it's a heart attack or anything, uh, but it's worthwhile going and trying to get a CT scan if you can at the at the ER. I'm like, all right, so, okay, blah blah blah. So that's what eight eleven told you. That's what, yeah, eight eleven told me. Yeah. That's right, uh, eight eleven or fight. <laughs> so my, uh, just something to say, I do know eight eleven because uh, one of my workmates uh, called. When he had got his, uh, I guess his first vaccination, it somehow exacerbated his sore knee. Mm-hmm. But what was interesting was to see someone like this psychology of someone who had hurt himself two years before, kneeling on a toy of his, one of his kids' toys, accidentally kneeling on it and hurting his knee. It went from that to the vaccine hurt his knee, and forever after now, he got hurt by the vaccine and not by the fact that he kneeled right. on a toy two years before and had not treated it and had let it get ex- you know exacerbate to the point where he needed to get knee surgery but that was for the vaccine well i'm you know, not just kind of an interesting bit of psychology i'm there. not going to be on his team with with the, with this um, <laughs> so okay so just to just to get through the sure, yeah, yeah. the story past like, guys don't worry about me too much um, <laughs> so uh, I, I give all my information to one doctor and then another doctor yeah. comes up and, uh, you know, is, is saying, yeah, it doesn't sound, it sounds like one. Okay. Well, this was the weird thing. Like right before this, the second doctor showed up, mm-hmm. it literally felt exactly like this. It felt like someone grabbed both sides of my temples, like, and just squeezed. Mm. And then like someone squeezed, uh, the top part of my stomach really hard. And then they squeezed my cheeks and then it felt like they squeezed my chest. 
And then the doctor showed up immediately and went, okay, I can tell you exactly what just went down. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and told her this. And she went, oh, okay, so when you're getting these pains, is it kind of distributed evenly? You know, it's not just in one arm or the other. No, no, it's always like, you know, both arms at the yeah, same time, both yeah. legs at the same time. Yeah. And she went, that is an excellent sign. Uh, and, uh, and it's like, what that means is that is not a stroke. Okay. It's like stroke is like one side. Sure. Okay. Uh, but when it's evenly distributed, that's like, uh, like strokes. A, yeah. That's multiple strokes. So now you kind of discount, uh, what it, what it means is that's like a nerve thing that's going on. Okay. And it's still like annoying. Mm-hmm. It's basically what I got told by her was like, you then this is what's happening. There's not much you can do about it. Sure. Sure. It probably doesn't make sense to give you a CT scan because it's been two weeks and you have not had any. You know, of the danger signs that were, you know, that would sure. have said. They wouldn't see swelling, for instance. Yeah, there's, yeah, I'm, I can do all the tricks. I can mm-hmm. do the follow things with my eye. I can mm-hmm. do the straight line. Sure. I can push, I can pull, I can do whatever. Mm-hmm. I can wiggle my tongue and play smile. with a ball. That's right. I can write. Uh, I can write a screenplay. I've got third act problems, <laughs> but they're like we can work on that. You know, long term. It's not uncommon. That's yeah, it's really, not uncommon to have third uncommon. act problems. And I'm like, what if it's a CGI battle? And it's like, okay, well, you could work. Wait, for is, it Marvel. A beam? is it a beam pointing at the sky? <laughs> well, that's more. That's more. That's more, that's more series. series one. That's more series one stuff. What we're looking that's, more now. Yeah, yeah. Is you know, could they fight their doppelgangers? Um. So so yeah, but Abadu, you know, it's like. They're just letting me know your EKG look fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, uh, you know, you, you probably don't need a CT scan. So an EKG, uh, sorry, is that the brain scan? No, EKG is um, checking your heart. Oh, okay. So okay. They, they wire you up and just uh, and do a reading on there. And so I've got I've got AFib, so my heart rate is like a little bit off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But aside from that, everything's healthy and mm-hmm. fine. So uh, so today. I, I, you know, Mister, look, look things up online because I had a, I had a really good night, like uh, night before last, yeah, and then last night was like, ooh, like a lot of cold stuff and weird stuff and more, uh, you know, things and and I've had a, an odd thing where like if I sit wrong, I feel ugh, like really bad, like mm. I sit on the couch wrong, yeah, ugh, I've got to sit like with a pillow behind my back or sit in a very stiff upright chair, yeah, or if I look at my phone for any extended period of time i get like ugh, this and i was like what is this and i was trying to just like i was just just kind of scanning my body and just going like where does it feel weird and like it feels weird kind of in my core and then i just did a little bit of reading about you know uh concussions and or whatever falls and vertigo and what have you and you've got three places that you feel ver- that control your balance basically and one is your inner ear okay and one is your eyes and the third is your core. Oh, really? And any of those three get messed up, you're going to be whoa. Really? So, like, if you got like a bad back, mm-hmm. that would you could get vertigo from that. Absolutely, you can get vertigo oh, from really? that. And also, you'll feel you can feel your bad back and or core uh, in your arms, in your legs, up your spine, in mm. your head, like because it's connected to everything. So shock waves do go out, pins and needles do go out. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, that feels similar. That sure, feels sure. similar, and also feels like. You know, almost all the blood is going towards the core when, you know, it's 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 having little spasms. It's all going towards the core, which feels like it's near the heart, but it's not. It's it's the stomach where where, where this is going. And mm. and when I first got had my fall uh, for the first couple of days, it really, really hurt to sneeze. Like if I sneezed, I would feel it in my core like crazy because okay, so, I really pulled like every sure. muscle in my yeah, core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was like just oh. like when I hurt my back, if I sneezed, it was a major 
because you, all your muscles are all tight around your yes. back because they're trying to protect that part of you. And so when, when you sneeze, all this tight yep. tightness gets affected. And everything yeah. everything's connected. So I've been doing yeah. a lot of exercises uh, for my ears to mm-hmm. like clear out the vertigo, which has worked okay. Yeah. But it fe- and I probably did have stuff going on there as well because I did have headaches and yeah, yeah, and whatnot. But I think what's gone on is I messed up my core, and and I think what happened with the uh, with the shot was that just blew that up, especially out of proportion, and uh, and now it's still kind of going. So yeah, if I don't sit in upright in a really really upright in a chair. Then I'm like, oh, like it feels really bad. Mm. Like uh, it feels like shocks down my arms, shocks down my legs. It feels like I'm kind of falling maybe a little bit. Uh, it just feels like stuff's wrong, 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 wrong. Uh, so, yeah. So I guess I got to like, you know, work on work on the core uh, for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which basically means sucking in the gut. That's what I mean, walking around like that, yeah. uh, lying on a mat, and then kind of raising your butt off the floor sure. for a while and uh, doing that kind of thing. Hopefully, swimming's okay for it because I really would like to get back to swimming. Swimming's great for it. Let's hope. Um, let's hope it's not too strenuous mm. on it because mm. I do remember when I used to swim, that was where I would feel it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure what's too much, what's too mm. light, what's mm. too this, what's too that. Uh, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a fuck of a couple of weeks, you know, sure. it's really been, and the last couple of days, especially have been like, not exaggerating some of the worst, just worst days. Like they've just felt like, you know, you, you feel fine. You feel normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think like, okay, but you know, it's coming. <laughs> so you can't really relax. And then, oof, then this feeling comes of just like dread and, and horror and your body is just doing stuff that just creeps you out like nobody's business. Wow. Yeah. I, I did talk to, one thing I did talk to the the ER doctor about was how when I feel the tingles in my back, I've got kind of a PTSD thing about uh, when um, I had the the, the electroshock uh, when I wasn't quite unconscious. Okay, okay. Um, because right before then, they give you uh, the anesthetic. And the way the anesthetic works is, you know, it's going in your veins. You feel it get hot. You feel tingle in your back, the hot tingle in your back, and then you're, you're out. And so my memory was tingle in my back, darkness, pain, knowing it's going to happen again, more pain, and then just like waking up with like no one around me. Mm. And, uh, and so I was saying to, to her, when I feel that tingle in my back, I feel like I'm going to pass out, though I know I'm not going to pass out. Mm. And then it really freaks me out. And she went, of course it does. That's that's total PTSD. You mm. had a real trauma that you associate with that. And yeah. there's you can't disconnect from that this soon. So, so yeah, it's like, ugh. That was another part of it is like this, just this physical dread that's just kept, kept like coming out like waves on a beach over and over again. So today hasn't been t- too bad. Today yeah. hasn't been too bad. And I do appreciate doing this and taking my mind off it and put my mind somewhere else. That's but, uh, we're talking about it. <laughs> but yeah, no, no. And yeah, there's a little, there's a, there is a little bit about uh, talking about it where yeah. it's, it's, it's trying not to sense memory into yeah, it yeah, while yeah. you're doing that. Yeah. Cause that would trigger things as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, son of a bitch. Sometimes when you talk though, you're, you're just talking, you're not experiencing. That's other people who visualize and do kind of live what you're talking about. But sometimes it's easy for us to, you know, when you say something gross or whatever, you don't picture it. Everyone, everyone else around you's like, Oh my God, that's terrible. And you're like, what? I just, just said some words. <laughs> right. But there could be a time where like you got food poisoning and they're like, oh, what'd you get food poisoning eating? And like you say the name of okay. the food that you got food poisoning and then you immediately. <laughs> yeah. 
even <laughs> though, so. you know, it's been long since out sure. of your system. Well, now I'm starting to wonder if I didn't hurt my back. It's just I've just got sympathetic pains. Oh, that's your good Because we're I'm a pod, like podcasting partners. Mm-hmm. It's like when a husband has like a fake pregnancy when his wife's pregnant. He starts having like... Yeah, he has a fake baby and the race. He has a fake baby. baby. <laughs> and like, when do we tell the baby it's fake? <laughs> well, once it's, once it's that old, I don't know if he can You're just a sympathetic it. baby. Yeah, yeah. I am a baby, but that's true. Yeah, it's weird because I was at the museum the other day and I was I started following this woman around and I said, I must have vertigo. But anyway, let's just go on with the show. There you are. Oh, uh, I wanted to, wanted to answer a question sure. that you asked on the show. I guess uh, Jason was listening to the show. Okay. Which is, which is uh, not common. And, but he said... Um, are there any other names that are also the letters in, uh, in the calendar? As in like... Uh, you know, July, August, or whatever. Any other names? Yeah, uh, July, August, September, October, November. You know, his name uh, is uh, the first letters are. It sounds like I do have a concussion, doesn't it? <laughs> but know. the name Jason, yeah, is the first letter. Oh, I of see. Months of the uh, oh yeah, of yeah. The year. yeah. Is there I'm... any other uh, name that is uh, like that in the calendar? The answer is no. Really? I don't think so. No, but Jason is right there in the middle. Yeah. No, you're right. There's not very, very hard to think of one. I mean, you could. Yeah. No. No. Because you need to throw an e in it. You're done. Yeah, you're done. Okay. What was uh what question did I ask? Well, you asked. We were you were talking and you asked about here. I'll just read what he said. He said just Please. listening to last week's show. Ian asks, "Is Jason still doing his podcast?" Yes, that's my question. You can let him know that I posted it last night. It's hey. our it's our Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's, Family Day, Easter show. <laughs> so there you go. Just so, call it Life Day. So anyone who's a fan out there of the uh, gentleman's, Gentleman of Elegant Leisure? leisure does does he take available. a drink for every one of those holidays? <laughs> so, so. Oh, my Lord. I hope so. <laughs> oh, boy. They drink a fair amount on that show. Okay. They, they put it away. Oh, well, that might be why, you know, they take long pauses in between. Yeah, that that makes sense. It gets harder the older you get. Yeah, that would not be a good daily podcast to do. <laughs> no, not at all. I've been watching Stanley Tucci make, uh, uh, he does make drinks. That's one of the things he does on uh, little YouTube clips. Okay. But he also makes Italian food. Is it called Stanley Tucci's Big Night? Uh, no, though we did watch that the other day and ah. it still holds up. Um, uh, no, he, uh, he makes, uh, he makes food, like Italian food. Sure. And, uh, makes watching sense. it, uh, I don't think he's very good at making Italian food. Oh, really? No, he's very charming. But I look at it and I'm just like, well, that's no, that's, that's a not, mess. That's not. Well, there's no flavor in that. What you do? Oh wow, what really? are you doing? And like, uh, he'll like <laughs> cut onions and he'll cut them like way too big, like way too thick. Oh, I don't like just that. Just like dice it up, dice it yeah, up, dice. brother. Yeah, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, yeah, it should be more incorporated. Yeah, like it depends what depends what you're making, I guess. But uh, I like um, when I make like stuffing. You know, I I put onions and celery into it, but I I um I use like a hand processor to. Chop them up really finely. Okay. I just want them minced. I don't want them to be like thick pieces. I want them just to be incorporated into the general sludge of stuffing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's nothing more appealing than describing your food as sludge. So uh, that's what really sets people off. And I go, does anyone want some sludge from this turkey? Something the sludge this the turkey's grease has dripped through <laughs> for the last four hours? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk about any aspect of uh, cooking uh, for too long. It's <laughs> I, like, guess, I guess that's the case. That's right. You don't want to get too detailed. Yeah. What's in gravy? Okay. <laughs> and just don't ask. It's called gravy. It's in a boat. It's in a delightful <laughs> boat. Aren't you? Isn't that nice? I don't think gravy's that bad, is it? No, nah, I don't know. Whatever. It's the juices of a bird that you cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. It's bird juice. Yeah. Uh, we're going to mix some flour with your bird juice. 
Yeah, but yeah. same with like making from from like if you have roast beef gravy, it's just sure you're just using the juice there as well. Absolutely, you are, and it's fine. It's fine. But when you think about you know meat juice, <laughs> would you like to drink a big glass of meat juice? Um, hmm. Probably not. That's, I'm going to switch to a harder chair. Keep talking. That's called soup. That's true. Oh, you've <laughs> thrown me under the bus because I yeah. have, I have absolutely nothing to say. I am oh, I am I'm dry. I was hoping that you would carry the show this week with the health talk. Well, oh. I just well I just sat back and. Uh, and sure. basked in, ba- just made, just made uh, s- little snarky comments through it all. Yeah, that sounds fine. Like a genius. Snark it up, snarko. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah, I th- well, I think so. uh, maybe. That's got a little lean back to it. Nah, this will be all right. I might switch back to this one. We'll see. Okay, I'll just we'll switch f- through the show. All right. Just more warning next time, then I'll, I'll talk more. All right, fair enough. I'll have something to say. Fair enough and fair enough. No, it's nice having you back in the, uh, in the studio. I don't have... Uh, I uh, don't have sour candies for you, but I do have some uh, variations on Turkish Delight. Yes, it's awesome. That's, uh, thank you very much for that. I confessed earlier, but I'll confess again that I forgot to bring the chocolates with me that uh, were so kindly given to us by Mick Elliott and Jonathan Bampton. They're sitting at home. I did not, I have not even like touched them. <laughs> so I don't, I just, I forgot to uh, even divide them. Well, so. they're from Australia. So I just got asked, did you check them for spiders? No. All right. Shake it. Shake out the box. Shake out the box. <laughs> I've already gone through Anything it. Anything Australian, so. flip it over, <laughs> shake it out, check for spiders. That'd be quite the thing. You open up the package, there's a big huntsman spider yeah. right, sitting right on top. I don't think it'd be around anymore, though. I think it would... Riding a baby crocodile. <laughs> I think I think both of them would be uh, would be done for by that point. Could be. I don't, I'm not sure. All I know is uh, when you... When it's anything Australian, shake it out. Yeah, shake out your shoes. But when when I have uh, Australian visitors, mm-hmm. you know that's one thing I notice they always do when they pick up their shoes. They'll turn them over, shake them, and then put the shoes on. Oh yeah, it's like oh yeah, because things will go in your shoes that will yeah, kill yeah. you. It's a good point. We don't really have that here. We don't. You don't have your shoes full of bears. <laughs> like we must have things that I guess mice would be the the only thing that we'd have that would be camping out in your in your shoes. If you had like. Shoes outside or whatever. You could have a black widow spider. That is conceivable, but it's. I guess, I, but you. I've never actually seen one. I think because they're they're not they're more uh, common in hotter climates. So you'd find them in Kelowna, maybe like in the Okanagan area where it's it's a, a warmer, more desert yeah. climate. But I don't think they like it around our damp our damp climes our damn climes as they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether you know uh, whether black widows existed in Vancouver or not. I don't. I, it's possible, but I think it'd be very rare. That okay, and you've never seen one. I've never seen one either. All right, because they have that. They do have like a fairly obvious marking, right, of sort of right. an hourglass shape in their back. Which, as I've said, is lucky for them that it looks like an hourglass because it looks like times up. Instead of <laughs> if it was sideways, it would look like a bow tie, and they'd just be like the nerdiest spider. That's right, or the nattiest. Hey, That's no what dear. you think of. Well, yeah. Yeah. It would look right wing. But like have a lot of strong <laughs> That's opinions. That's right. <laughs> yes, the right wing pundit is the person wearing a bow tie. You're yeah, right. you're right there. Um, did you see this? This is out, out of the blue completely. But me mentioning someone wearing a bow tie <laughs> makes me think of that that horrible human being Tucker Carlson, and who many many years ago he used to come on CNN as sort of like you know a journalist at large to talk and stuff right. like that. And I didn't think he was a terrible person then. I thought he was sort of an amusing chap, you know. He didn't. Uh, his Pokemon animal had not uh, evolved to the next. Day. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. Because yeah. I was watching him uh, dealing with Ted Cruz the other day, and it's yeah. which 
I don't know. It's just like the weirdest, weirdest self-flagellating, yeah. like, sort of sadomasochist. It was like uh, Ted Cruz yeah. just going, thank you, sir. May I have another yeah. over and over again? It yeah. was so frat house. It was just like, get the paddle out and just give him a couple of whacks on the ass because this is what this is. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It was Tucker Carlson saying, you know, you called them terrorists, which is a lie. It's How not so? true. <laughs> yeah. I was just like... I mean, I guess by that point, you're like, it's, you're parsing semantics. Like, what is your definition of terror? I suppose. I guess you could. So there are people who like the rioters. Is that like you're going to make it, take it a step down? So it wasn't domestic terrorism. It was, it was just a riot. Right. You know, but what, it's still like, what, why are we defending them or even pretending it was, we're saying it didn't happen? Or have they just shifted all the blame to like, there are anarchists who kind of crept into amongst them with, you know, a bunch of bearded guys holding those those bombs, the round bombs in their hands, yeah. you know, ready to throw. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, Crazy so Harry weird. from uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, all, that's who came yeah. and uh, this infilt- in- infiltrated this group of people. And I just don't... It's just so weird to me to, to watch what's happening right now. Yeah, it is weird because, like, it's... It, it's history. Okay. Normally you'd have politicians rewrite history and it's like, all right, that's just something you do. It's just like, what happened? This happened. That didn't happen. Oh, okay. Well, there's no way to really know. I mean, you know, we weren't in the room where it happened. Uh, but it's like, wait, we saw it. Yeah. Yeah. We saw it live. Yeah. We saw it every step of the way. Yeah. We know exactly what happened mm-hmm. and their, and their way of dealing with it is still going like, okay, that wasn't what you saw. Mm-hmm. What, you, what you saw was just some uh, peaceful patriots. <laughs> That just went in and uh, look, look at this video of them. Uh, they're not, they're just going between the velvet ropes, and it was like a tour, and it's just like holy moly, yeah, wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. And these were the these, of course, are all the people that were like you know going after Black Lives Matter all through you know the earlier year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. just like you know their protests were were terrorism, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like okay, all right. So you just like you know you're wrong. But you're going, but you're, and the idea isn't that they're right. Mm-hmm. The idea is they're just going to keep saying lies. That's it. It's just like, it's not even, I don't even have to prove that I'm right. It's just like, I just got to keep lying and I'm not going to change my, I'm not going to change what I say, but I don't have to prove that I'm, that I'm, that I'm right. That's not the goal. Cause we all know that I'm lying, <laughs> but, but we're all okay with the lie. So here we go. It's so weird. And then, and then Ted didn't tell the right lie. He was telling some lies, but it wasn't totally the right lie yeah yeah so weird his apology was so like but his apology was just an apology and he kind of created a new structure with his lying apology it's so weird so now that that lie is like the new thing that is what he said right yeah 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 yeah. and it's he's got yeah it's like well what's his next step like does he want to be president or like a judge or does he just want to keep being who he is i think he's hoping that donald trump will run over him with a steamroller I think that's like his ultimate goal here. Like, what more horrible things can it mean? You yeah. can insult my wife. You can insult me. So I... it feels like he must have a goal. Like, <laughs> you know, and and I'll and I'll stand up for myself when 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 yeah. when the, <laughs> the time. You know, I don't know when he's out of office. He's out of office. Yeah, I mean, he's not really out of office. Huh? Okay, well then. Yeah, All yeah. Right. No, even then, I don't think I don't think you'll ever see him. Yeah, he's trying to maintain that integrity illusion by you know saying. You know, what these people did was wrong. But then, yeah, when called on it, you know, I talked sloppily or whatever. Oh, yeah, boy, yeah, yeah, sloppy yeah. talk. <laughs> talk sloppily. Oh what I God. meant to say was, but what's weird about it to me isn't just that. It's just that you're watching something that seems so 
blatant, mm-hmm. and yet is working. Is it though? That's the worst part of it. Oh, I think they have like a large group of people who uh, believe what they're saying to each other, you know, or ta- yeah. are swallowing these pills, yeah. who are all for, uh, all for, you know, all this ridiculous, uh, um, whatever they're getting ninja cyber systems or whatever to or cyber ninja whatever they're called to like check ballots you know and but every time it's it's like worse for them like it's it's never even like yeah it's still the garbage yeah it's not even like yeah it's beyond garbage and that like well you know maybe one of these by fluke will show that yeah you know we got more votes but they always get less votes like they double check (laughs) and it's worse over and over and over and over again yeah and they still gotta just keep they still they still yeah there's because it's it's yeah. yeah it's um it's like a bunch of people a, walking dead a, dogs. Well, it's like a, they're just dragging <laughs> dead dogs that are like attached to the leashes, and they're asking like, "Hey, I think your dog's uh, sick." And it's like, "No, no, my dog's fine." And and just like, I just got to keep telling people my dog's fine. I was like, "Okay, what's the end goal here?" Yeah, it's a it's a weird it's weird like it's kind of like watching. There's a really good um, movie I think I I talked about it on the show, but. There's a very good movie on Netflix called Behind the Curve, which is okay. details um, people who believe that uh, flat Earth theory. Okay, and you can see there how much mental gymnastics people can do to maintain their belief, which is patently wrong, but it somehow defines them. They somehow have found a comforting place in this belief, and they need to believe it, and they're willing to go to all kinds of all kinds of trouble to this, you know. Right. And it's weird. Like, especially the guys who, like, they're kind of named by the documentarian, the scientists, because they're, they're the ones who are, like, actively trying to prove the flat earth theory. They're not just detailing it in YouTube videos, mm-hmm. you know, boring, mixed up YouTube videos that, by people who don't even understand how science works. These guys are trying to use science to prove the earth is flat. And so they, they, they spent like $50,000. Like one of one of these flat Earth people, and they bought a digital gyroscope that's used by like you know airplanes and stuff like that for for navigation. Because if the world is turning every twenty four hours, there should be a three degree change in position okay. every hour. And so they get this device, this, and they calibrate it, and everything, and they and they test it. It shows three degrees change. Yes, you have moved three degrees. We are turning. That hour is is correct. So then, but no, that's not right because what's happening is there are waves coming from outer space and they're messing with this device. Okay, that's the problem. So we're still flat Earth, but we're getting some sort of waves that are messing with the device. So what we're going to do is we're going to put it in a metal tube and we're going to measure it that way, three degrees. Okay. Fuck. Okay. World is still flat. There's something wrong with this thing. So what we're going to do now is we're going to get a container made of bismuth, which is a completely dead you know dead yeah. you know it won't allow any of these waves to come in and so then we'll they go to the house of bismuth and it's just it's they're having their going out of bismuth sale. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so fascinating to watch their mental they got the small bismuth alone and they thought oh. that was going to cover it but times were tough <laughs> yes yes oh it's, it's so and sad now they're to watch. taking care of bismuth every day yeah. that's what people say to them mind your own bismuth okay please continue i'm sorry it's fine the thing is, 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 is just to watch them like make these, like to have the evidence in front of their eyes and then dismiss it out of hand. Yeah. With other made up things in order to keep alive the idea that they, that they hold dear to themselves, you know. But to what, yeah, to what benefit, to what end? 
It's what's hard. I think, I think, yeah, I think community. I think that kind of like QAnon, I think there's a sense of, there's an inferiority, a sense of, you know, intellectual inferiority. And by believing in something that no one else understands, you then, you're one up on people. You know, you idiots don't know what I know. You think, you think, you've fallen for the lies from NASA. Right. And the the astronomers of the world who are tricking you into thinking the world is round because the they is are against you. And they yeah, have their yeah. Own agenda. Yeah, that's, that's right for sure. The the political that's the thing with like you know with the vaccines as well. Mm-hmm. Whenever you get into a, a discussion with an anti vaxxer it's just like, oh, you think the government's not going to lie to you? Yeah, for a reason though. <laughs> like, what's the what's the motivation? Yeah, what's their, what's their, well, to make it a cashless society. Yeah, that's one. Um, uh, but it but it all kind of comes down to. The government wants more power. Mm-hmm. So they want to keep giving you vaccines like twice a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how they maintain power over you. Oh, to what end? <laughs> to what benefit? Or how to do they? What? Yeah. Yeah. To what? You know. Uh, so, and Okay. So then, because uh, Trudeau's doing that to us, uh, what does he get out of it? Mm-hmm. Well, he's not taking the vaccine himself. Well, I saw him take it. Well, yeah, but <laughs> he got it from a person that gave it to him in a way that you don't give a vaccine. What's what do you mean? mean? <laughs> the, the needle went in the arm, like, then, but not the right way. Yeah, that's no, no the, nurse. The needle was pointed down so that it went, didn't go in when she. Yeah, no the, nurse would do that. Finger. It's like, oh, okay. So you say that's a code? Like, what? Why would they do it? In Is that a what they really say? That like, no nurse? Yeah. Like, first of all, you couldn't find a nurse on the take that mm-hmm. could like do the do the fake vaccine properly. Your yeah. idea is like that. That it is done in a sloppy, weird way. <laughs> to me, makes it more realistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I buy I buy that more. But yeah, you just want to go to what end? Yeah. Like I get what Trump wants. Trump wants to be elected president again. Mm-hmm. He wants to be the center of attention. I hundred percent. I get what he fucking wants. Yeah. I do not get what a te- what a, what a Ted Cruz wants. <laughs> like I don't get it. Like yeah. there's a time now. Well, they just want power. I mean, they want power. They just want the leavings from the table. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's fine. It's just like like there's a, he's making a lot of money. Like those people are really wealthy. Sure, all those sure. people in in politics, right? They they get a lot of money. There's a lot of meat on. There's a lot of meat dropping off the table for them. Right, right. I guess I, I guess I look at it and just go like. How long do you think, like, a Trump is going to last? Like, how long? Yeah. Like, just, I mean, father time. But he, he, they're used, I mean, Trump is being used to prop up the Republican Party. Sure, sure. You know, which is moribund, you know, and obviously has absolutely no ethics. But he doesn't, or push, any kind of... he doesn't push anything Republican. Well, no, 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 not at all. But that's. So when, I mean, so when Trump passes away, as will occur, you know, sometime. Sure. Um, what then, Jack? Like it seems. I don't like think he, that they're. I don't think they're. They're doing long distance planning here. It's, I think uh, but it's this a is beyond. Term. This isn't long distance planning. Yeah. This is. This is like you know. Uh, how old is Trump now? Like, like 74, 75? I don't know. With not the healthiest of lifestyles, you know. I say what? as a guy who falls on his head every so often. <laughs> You know, <laughs> who am I to throw stones? I shouldn't throw stones no, because no, they could yeah. hit my head and that would not be a good thing. But like, you know, you get a guy who's like 74 <laughs> and not great lifestyle, who's always angry. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of go like, OK, so this guy is our long term plan. Well, that's a bad plan. <laughs> that's a bad plan for so many different reasons. One, just fads go out of style. Yeah. Like the most popular performers, and he's a performer, go out of style. Yeah. You know, people aren't going to be like into him like in three years. He'll be yeah. like, oh, remember him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Eh. 
What's new? What's out there? What's new? Remember, I want the new. Even if you want the new, old, mean, yeah. hate-filled man, you know, you want you want something fresh. Remember when we when we elected an insult comic as president? Yeah, it's basically basically Trump. Yeah, as like Dave Chappelle said, you elected an internet troll. <laughs> it's like, and I guess that's interesting for a while. I, yeah. Well, I and then they kick him off the internet, yeah. so you don't even get that. And it's like, hmm, I guess what you want. It's to the point where, like, I know people are, like, sometimes, ah, don't want to talk about politics. It's so not politics anymore. Yeah. It's so beyond that where it's just, like, <laughs> it's just a crazy, mean old racist who's just, ah. And it's like, he's got no politics behind him. That's, that's, not, that's not a thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't the same think... thing with the vaccine where it's yeah. just like, I don't like talking politics. And it's like, it's not politics. There's a disease. There's a vaccine. It's like, that's not, there's nothing political. The vaccine... You know the 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 disease isn't right wing or left wing. It's got no you know opinions on you know the flat tax. You know it's just it's just a disease that wants to spread. How do we stop it from spreading? That's not politics. That's science and survival. That's completely different topics. Bah. Yes and no. Fair enough. Continue. Well, because I think it is it is you can politicize all these things. I mean, sure, you could politicize anything. You can, yeah. you can politicize any. I, I, I'm sort of social. People have politicized sex since the beginning of time. Yes, they have. There you go, and yeah. that's got nothing to do with politics. <laughs> it doesn't, ideally. Mm-hmm. Yet there you go. Yeah, I just think that the Republican Party, for you know, who I, I to be honest with you, I could not tell you like what the old Republican Party ideals were. Well, they used to be Democrat ideals, and then they all flipped. They all flipped around. Yeah, they flipped around at one point, yeah, with a Southern <laughs> strategy, yeah. Yeah. But like, okay. But, so that's, but that's a good example of that it's not about politics for that, for, in politics, it's not about politics, it's about holding on to power. So what makes us viable to try to hold on to power? You know, for four years, we can have this old weirdo, you know, running things, while we just kind of cower in the corner and just hope that we don't get hit by you know projectiles he's throwing around, and while he's doing that, we're we're gonna you know lap it up, and then oh we lost, but you know let's just continue to undermine what you know the system that we that we work in. We'll just keep making it look bad and drilling holes into it, and then we'll get back into power. But the way that they're getting back into power is they're destroying the American yeah. American Democrat, like their democracy is being destroyed. Right, because it's all, it's all lies. It's all make ups It's all whack of you. Yeah. Like if well, it's not just that. It's just they're undermining, like, people's trust in, in the system. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't, besides when Al Gore was not elected and the whole hanging Chad and the, the issue of, of how accurate the machines were, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, they went from hanging Chad to hanging Pence. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, you know, besides that, I, I don't think Get there's Mark been Mark Russell food. on the phone. I've got a song for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're hanging around here, might be a Chad, but don't be a pencil. That'd be really bad. <laughs> so, so you, um, yeah. So they're 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 like poking holes and like you know. So the next election, like, what are people's reactions to? Like, do people go into it with the idea that their vote like is meaningful, or they're just like throwing it away because it's the whole system is is fake? Well, it's like they, I think one side will be like, you got to go in there and super vote. 
Like you got to have like insane numbers well, that's in the order other thing. to in yeah. order to even because there's been no election like I don't know what what's been like almost like thirty years there's been no election in the states where like the uh, the Republicans have like uh, gotten the majority vote it's just the way it's districted yeah that, you know that's that's the thing so so like you've got to like Ugh, and then even Ugh, and even Ugh. So, yeah you gotta you got a super vote. Well, that's, I mean, that's the other, yeah, well, that's the other thing. Like, so far, when, and all these, you know, uh, investigations of, of ballot fraud and stuff like that, everyone they found, it's been Republicans who've tried to double vote and have attempted to cheat. Cause that's what they were told to do by the president. Mm-hmm. Told them to go in and vote twice. Yeah. You know, I think the only Democrat was some poor lady in Texas who was on pro, on probation and didn't, wasn't, wasn't aware that she's not allowed to vote. Yeah. Then they shot her into the sun. It was harsh. <laughs> they pretty much, well, she's getting the book thrown at her for sure. Oh, is she getting the book thrown at her? Oh, oh yeah. And not a small book, a big book. Okay. Big old law book. They're really big. Not fun to get half Yeah, they're not using them anymore, so. They're not well. even using them. Oh, well, okay. Hope, <laughs> I hope things work out for, uh, you know, people. Yeah. It's weird to, it's weird to live next door to it. Yeah. Well, what I feel like when you're saying, like, why do people, you know, uh, run for office or whatever, and uh, definitely power is one thing. Sure, but I think there's also a bunch of bossy boots. Could be, yeah. W- one reason is is definitely power, and one is uh, survival. You know, is is that you you are are going like, oh my gosh, no one else is going to take care of this, the environment. So either we get in, or we're not going to have an environment, mm-hmm. or you're part of a community that is not being represented, and you know, literally, your survival is at stake. So we've got to have some representation to make this to make this work. Sure. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, people literally get away with murder. Literally <laughs> get away with murder. And again, it's the I saw it happen. There's video of it, and innocent. Okay. Oof. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that has a lot to do with where things are now. With this, is that there's been so many videos of things that horrible things that have happened that people have then gotten away with and then have gone to the court system and then you've gone like nah, nah, that's uh, there's no evidence of that well, okay so i guess you can just say nope and just like do the just do the shaggy you know wasn't me you know just sit sit back and oof, and hope for the best and be the be the kid who's covered in frosting who's like did you eat a piece <laughs> of the cake hey buddy did you have the cake did you but the cake, your hands, the handprints in the cake. Like, <laughs> the cake. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's like a, yeah. To me, what's most disturbing is to be, be next door, <laughs> next door. I mean, to be worst of everything. And you there. are, you are American as well. I am an American. So I blame you, sir. Yes, I am responsible for this, obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm an American. And at least you know you're free because the man who died on his horse because he fought the war. I don't know the lyrics to the song. I may have a concussion. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I am an American. You're right. But I don't, to be honest with you, I'm an American because I have a passport that says I'm American. Oh, that's like how if, you become if an Ameri- American. <laughs> if an American put down Canada, I'd be like, what do you mean Canada's terrible? Well, I tell you right now, it's the greatest country in the world. Yeah, so, yeah. And then just, they'd go, even Quebec? And you'd be like, well, let's not get crazy. Well, they got poutine and stuff. Yeah, like poutine's that. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Don't, talk, don't talk about maple syrup, though. Blech. Yeah. Just for laughs, it's been good in a couple of years. There's, there's some good stuff there. Montreal's all right. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like... Um, Pierre Trudeau, of course, compared living next to America, sleeping next, sleeping beside an elephant. 
But when the elephant starts rolling around and <laughs> having uh, fits, well, it just doesn't feel so safe. It doesn't feel, you know, we've, we've had a pretty good relationship. Uh, you know, you guys, uh, ugh. Yeah. I know, I know they, I know they get mad at us because we don't spend enough on military, but what's the point? <laughs> we can't, we can possibly keep up. We're like 10% of your, of the size of America population wise. Yeah. Like, and they have more than they could ever use. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. The amount they spend yeah, on we're military. We're relying on spillover, you know. Like, yeah. Uh, it's just, oh, it's so, hmm. yeah. There's, <laughs> there's times where, and again, I love it. And, uh, you know, I, 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 so many American friends, but at times you just go like, this is a goddamn cartoon. <laughs> like, and it just becomes more of a cartoon all the time. And it's not like we don't become a cartoon every so often. We, no. we certainly do. And, you know, we've got handsome Pete as our leader. You know, it's just like <laughs> that guy like falls backwards down a flight of stairs and can plank. Like, that doesn't look like a real thing. That, that guy. Well, that, I mean, those are interesting parts of, uh, yeah. of him, but I. But no, if I'm so talking I'm about a, things being very yeah. cartoonish. He seems sometimes cartoonish. Sure. Okay. Yeah, and not necessarily a bad thing, and uh, you know, but you know whether you dislike him, like, or you really like him, woohoo! You know, it's still like almost cartoonishly big the amount of uh, feelings people have for him. Where, where I wouldn't say people would have had that for, say, Jean Chrétien. People wouldn't be just like, oh man, Jean Chrétien, huh? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're, if you're a fan of Popeye, you yeah. don't like Jean Chrétien. So much to the point where people go like, you know, he's still alive. He is? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive because he was like a minister at the same time as Trudeau in, in the uh, yeah the old days. And when you hear him Trudeau's... talking, he's sharp as a tack. Mm. You're just like, oh. But he knows like, I'm done. Bye. Off, I'm gonna go live my life, and it's like, oh, this is a pretty good way to go. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of politics, like in that way, but because um, I like when I see someone driving along with like a with a like with a F Trudeau bumper sticker, mm-hmm. uh, which is what it says basically, because they put stars to sort out the part so kids <laughs> kids don't read it. Classy. I don't, want, I don't want the kids to know what I'm what I think of Trudeau. Uh, and then you're, but you do want to know, like, okay, does this mean? Are you saying it in the angry way? Yeah. Or is in that something you'd like to do? <laughs> That's right. Uh, I should ask people. I should be asked me ask that question because. Uh, but yeah, when Please you see that, <laughs> when I see that, I'm just like, like, is it really that? Po- is it really possible to get that worked up about a politician? Like, I, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so weird to me. Like, he's just, he's just a, he's just an apparatchik in a in a bureaucracy. That's what everyone says. You know what I mean? Like he's just a part. He's just like a part yeah. of a big machine. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a big part. He's a part of a big machine that is the Liberal Party, which is a well-oiled, you know, very efficient election winner, winning machine, the Liberal Party. Yeah. But then he's also just a part of like Canadian government, which is this, you know, sort of ticking slowly, ticking over, efficient system of you know this and that. The, and then you look at like of, yeah yeah sorry go ahead. But you know that is kind of but he's like. It's not like he's like directing it, you know. If anything, he's if he thinks he's directing it, he's just someone who's walking in front of a, of, of a, say a mudslide and thinks yeah. that they're leading the way. Like it, you're not leading the way. Like you're just you're just the first person who got hit by the mud. Yeah, but, you know. But that's that's it. Like you're and not, like during during times of you know COVID and whatever, he's you know it was like a calmish voice. They so sure. were like, okay, that's fine. You know, he, he's doing that. It, he, when you see something like the G7, mm. and you see all the politicians there at the G7, and you see him, you go like, yeah, seems like he fits in there. Sure. And, you know, uh, when Trump was there, it was like Yosemite Sam. <laughs> 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 was there, and I was like, what the hell? What's this guy? 
<laughs> Maybe Tasmanian Devil would be closer to. Uh, I don't know. Tasmanian Devil has more class. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Just that that one image of him like pushing his way forward, yes. like knocking that's people very, over. That's very Yosemite Sam. To <laughs> yeah. Me. Yeah. Daffy Duck. Yeah. Kind of. I'm the most important one here. But How do you be him and not go through life without a punch in the nose? How does that happen? How do you do that? How does that not ever happen? Because he looks like someone who's never been punched in the nose. <laughs> I guess you just don't put yourself in situations where there are people who will punch you in the nose. Yeah. And he was technically attractive once upon a time. You know, he did have, you know, he was like a fairly okay looking guy with the illusion of being a millionaire. Well, so yeah, I guess I that, mean, that, that gets you a little not nose punching. Well, that's it. And once upon a time, it was only Spy Magazine that really hated him. Yeah. You know, Graydon Carter or whoever that had like had the axe out for him. Like no one else. It, Robert Crumb did as well. Robert Crumb back then was doing some cartoons about. I him. I guess, but yeah, more in the kind of you know, just it, it was more like kind of a generalized attack on that whole kind of. He was just a uh, gross millionaire. Yeah, that kind of yeah, that sort uh, of bohem- excess. Yeah, I think it was gonna, yeah, call it like wealthy slob culture. Yeah, that he kind of represented, you know, but but yeah, like you know, people. In the nineties, there's tons of people who are like, you know, love him or hate him. He's he's a great businessman. Like no one understood like what a mess and what a horrible businessman he was. That it was just all prop, this all propaganda and just him being propped up by by family money. Yeah, and you're also like, there's other businessmen. <laughs> there are other. They're, they're, yeah, they're like, fine. Yeah, they, like, why are you saying not, this? About, not super fine. Yeah, some you know, it's hard, it's hard to be a billionaire and also you sure. know keep your soul. But uh, you know, there's yeah. other millionaires that are out there that you know. If you're, yeah, that seem to be doing it without being you. Sure. If you're going to admire businessmen, which you know is kind of like admiring serial killers, you you can admire them, and yeah. there are other you ones. You admire who, the one who doesn't go, eat the guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, you go, oh, look at that, Bill Gates. I mean, he's only destroyed 100 other companies by you know yeah. by underpricing them and, and or, or buying them out and stomping them out of existence. You know, like what a great guy. You know. Seems to be trying to cure some diseases. I'm okay with that part. Oh sure, I love when he convinced uh, Oxford to not uh, to not have yeah. a free patent for, for. Yeah, that's that was really great. What a, that wasn't a millionaire thinking at all, was yeah. it? This, uh, I don't even know. When it gets into just remember, everyone has ulterior motives. The things they do, it might look nice, but that's not how they think. Yeah, but what do you? What you don't claw, crawl your way, claw your way to the top, and then stop clawing. I just that's wonder because, like, at what point do you? Yeah, like, okay, so you're a Warren Buffett, you know, yeah. and, you know, you are giving away a lot of, well, you know, you're getting rid of a he's lot kinda, of He's kind of different, I think, Warren Buffett, because he's not like a, he's an investor. He's not a, he's not like a Bill Gates who is like someone who, you know, backroom dealed his way into to millions and billions. I, I, I gotcha. I, what my feeling about the Bill Gates thing is that Bill Gates probably spends some time on the internet. Bill Gates probably spends a little time on the internet yeah. and, and is going like, okay, so what happens next? Is it good for billionaires or not good for, oh. Okay. I think it was, I personally think it was his wife more than him who, could, could, who could directed be. those sort of, but like, you know, that sort of, uh, um, what do we call it? Kind of, uh, appearance cleanup, you know? Sure. Let's just make you look more like a human and less yeah. like a voracious, you know, because raptor. Yeah, let's make sky. sure. Let's make not everyone want to get you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, you've killed enough field mice. I think it's time that we started a foundation to support field mice. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I get the I get the Bill Gates motivation. It's just like you've got enough to 
have whatever you want for the end of time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever your thing is, you got it. You're fine. But, you know, you want also the world not to hate you. So, you know, you can... I don't even know if that matters to people like that. I... Mm, you, I think legacy does, you know? And, and so, you know, how, how are you going to be remembered and how are you going to be thought of currently? Yeah. You know, who, what are the other guys doing? Well, the other guys are going to space. <laughs> the other guys are doing that. And, you know, you're not going to be, that's yeah. not your thing. So what's your thing? I don't know. Maybe cure some stuff and help the environment and do the things to fix the things. Or at least look like I'm doing that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. That's a, that's a pretty okay look. Sure. And your haircut's better now. Good for you. You know? And also keep my money out of the hands of the government so they so people aren't deciding what to do with all my millions for me. Yeah, millions. Billions there for you me. Go. Let's, get, let's get the numbers right there. Yeah. Because don't forget, when, when bil- billionaires start like their own charities, what they're really doing is pulling their money out of the hands sure, of government sure. and, and just keeping it for themselves still, but then they get to decide what they want to do with it. So it's still like... It's still like full of all about power and 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 control. Has there been any uh, major innovations? And why well, am I asking you? Uh, but <laughs> well, I don't know what the question is. I know. It's just, why, now, why are you now asking I feel, me? Now I feel rude that I've said it in that way. I was like, <laughs> Dave wouldn't know this. But you know, when uh, when they were trying to get a man on the moon, yeah, you know, one of the. Uh, you know, arguments was always, we got problems here on Earth. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? We're sending the moon money up there and there should be this. And sure. the and the counter argument to that yeah. uh, is like, well, here's all the inventions that we got out of it. Mm. Because of, mm. you know, NASA, we Teflon. got this. And you like a microchip? Yep. Do you like a this? Do you like a that? Do you like a, a surgery for your eyes? Do you like LASIK surgery? Do you like all this stuff? Yeah, this is all stuff that was came sure. out of uh, this. I'm like, oh, all right. You know, actually, that's a pretty good argument. Yeah. As well as exploring and learning. You make the same argument World War One, but anyway, go on. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yes. yeah, both were no man's land. Uh, but, yeah, has that happened with, uh, you know, when the billionaires going up there? Or is it all the, bi- you know, I, have there been any innovations? Have, uh, have we learned anything? Have we made something? Has something been built? You know, uh, because of these rockets, you know, that can be used in other ways. Mm-hmm. Well, there you do have me because I I have not heard of anything that uh, has come out of this. That's Yeah, I just was wondering. I mean, they've certainly poached a lot of really brilliant people from NASA and brought them into the, the private sector. Is that good? <laughs> no, for all that, yeah. <laughs> Instead of helping the public, they're now helping, they're, they're now helping private people to, I, I mean, to it have does, patents. And, it and does help. look like, you know, just from the outside, it yeah. does look like literally them measuring their dicks because it does look like a couple of penis rockets just racing each other out into outer space well, i think it's i think that's a big part of it maybe yeah you know and that's that's the outside yeah. look in sure where i could actually see as like someone who's uh say greeting greedy uh would be like okay well nasa invented all this stuff and mm-hmm. look at all that. But could you imagine if you were NASA and you could profit off all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's build a rocket to Mars and let's see what we invent along the way. And then, by the way, since we invented it, we own that. So now we own LASIK surgery. Now we own microchips. Now we own whatever the next thing is. It's like, well, that 100% makes sense because mm-hmm. that will pay for all of this nonsense, you know, mm-hmm. as long as you strike gold a couple of times along the way. So possibly that's the reason instead of I'm a space boy. <laughs> I want to meet a Martian maiden. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I've not heard it. I've not heard of anything yet, but I, I, you know, I mean, Elon Musk does have his patent on a door handle. So does he? Hooray. 
The musky knob? <laughs> the musky knob. The musk knob. Yeah, that's the one. I find all that stuff, uh, all that space stuff to be, frankly, quite uh, uh, sociopathic. So, oh, Why sociopathic? I just... Because I just think it's about them and not about the world. So okay, did you find? Do you find like uh, you know the the original moon landing to be to be that at all, or were you pro? I know you weren't. Uh, you know, you weren't existing. Yeah, I wasn't existing at that time, so we only can look at it in retrospect. But in retrospect, uh, good idea I mean, to go to the moon. No, it wasn't. Okay. I mean, it was and it wasn't. What was bad about it was that because it became a rush to beat the Russians. Right. Get it? Became. Because Is that why they call them that? That's because they were Russian. They're always Russian to the moon. They're Russian to the moon. They're Russian in outer space. But the problem was is that the, the things like the jets. Good to know. <laughs> the uh, the jets like the, you know the, in um, when you watch um, that movie about Neil Armstrong, which I believe is called Neil. Okay. I don't know what it's called actually. There's a lot of movies called Man on the Moon. Okay. Do do the Man on the Moon. Anyway, so uh, not at all about that one. Okay. <laughs> the one about Andy Kaufman when he goes to the moon. Yeah, you know the one. But at the beginning of the movie, Andy Kaufman is flying in that stratospheric jet that like conks out, and you have that scene where. But at that time, they were experimenting with with jets to go into outer space. But because they then decided, oh man, we got to go to the moon really fast. We can't we can't be messing around with stuff that's still in experimental. What we need is just like a giant shitty can of gas that flies up straight into the, yeah. into the space, and it's just the most destru- you know environmentally destructive throw away a bunch of garbage thing you could ever imagine just so we can like heave ourselves to the moon to beat the beat the ruskies all all real innovation like all the kind of stuff that might have like lasting effect as in terms of of travel through outer space all got thrown off the 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 Mm. drawing tables in order to do this one task this mono task of just getting this you know, thing to the moon and how can we do this most efficiently? It's still an amazing achievement, obviously, like the math, how they figured it out, all the slingshotting and going around the earth and, and all the stuff is just amazing. But, you know, before that, they were testing jets that would fly in outer space. And then they stopped mm-hmm. because they needed to build a big giant penis that could take people really far, fast yeah. up into space. And I think that's, I don't think that's a good thing. I think that was like a real, I mean, eventually they did get the space shuttle going but then that's what they were heading towards but it took them a lot longer to get to the space shuttle than it should have because if they had have just kind of kind of gone along with with the plan originally before they decided oh no we can't have the russians but they're planning their flag up there that would be terrible a bunch of russian monkeys on the moon who wants that so they you know they just they hurried it and so i think that was a that was a, a failing but i don't to call it sociopathic i don't think that's the case because i think it was a collective act Mm -hmm. You know, it was like a national act of I would, Americans. I, I would say when you're saying sociopaths, because it involves billionaires, I think it's very difficult to become a billionaire and not be and at least partially sure. sociopathic. I, yeah. Because you really have to go, you know what? I need this money more than <laughs> they, the, everyone else everyone, does. Everyone like, does. It's, mu- it's much more than I could ever use. Mm-hmm. It's much more than I could ever spend. Yeah. But I need to keep it, yeah. even though... It could. It's like eating a bunch of food in front of starving people and just sure. going, no, uh, you yeah. know. You know, I'm a philanthropist. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Well, we. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know if you've ever experienced, but I was. You know, there's times where I forgot my lunch going to school when I was a kid, and to be someone who would be happily eating their lunch in front of you, and just making a big show of it <laughs> that they had their lunch and you didn't. Right. And that they, you know, they didn't feel bad about it at all. They're just like, uh, but I think that like this whole Mars thing, 
like is the plan is the idea of that that we can like leave the earth behind and go to mars and we don't have to worry about what we're doing to the earth we don't have to worry about the environmental impacts of things we do is this some sort of way of like not even assuaging our con- consciousness because we're still fucking up the wor- world and destroying everything yeah. in our in our path which is our genetic heritage our evolutionary heritage in action but is the the idea then that we're just going to take this giant step onto another planet and live there that's not a plan because that's not a place you want to live like that is a big giant poisonous rock it's literally poisonous the the soil is poisonous it's poison like if you couldn't live there for six months without dying yeah unless you took really careful steps to not die like you couldn't like just walk walk around outside you couldn't even like be inside a building that didn't have like extra protection from how poisonous it is on Mars. Sure. Like it's just it's a crazy plan. Like it's just so bizarre. Yeah, I don't know if that's the that feels like that's the plan that you say is the plan, but that can't be the plan. <laughs> like I think the plan. You think that's just like a think, like a rallying cry to? I think the plan is you explore to explore. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what you do, you know. And uh, that's but that's a tough sell. It's like where are we going there and mm-hmm. spending all this money? Oh, because. It's literally, it's the Everest thing. It's there. Yeah. Mars is there. We can get to Mars. We should go to Mars. Mm. I think that's it. It's not uh, like, maybe, and, maybe then, it and then do what? And then see it. And then <laughs> look around. I guess. That's it. That's what we do. I guess. Again, there's no good reason to go to the top of Everest. You know, except no, to see it's... the other corpses. <laughs> I think, well, I think that's particularly the case now. There's no, I mean, when people like, when people in the past climbed Everest, I think there was a reason. There was like an achievement to it. But right. but now it's just a big tourist trap. Literally a trap. Okay, but when yeah, you, there was when an you ad- miss the window of opportunity. It's still it's still an achievement, regardless. But you know, it's a lesser achievement for yeah, sure. Yeah. But like say, okay, after Edmund Hillary, fine. All right, you're now Well, even before that, there are people climbing. I mean, he Fair obviously is he he was somebody who got a lot of press for doing sure, it. Sure, sure. Like, say you're the twentieth person to make it after Hillary. Yeah. Uh you know, uh but his emails. What? No, that makes <laughs> Uh, then, then what? Like you come down, and like ah, I did it. Yeah. Well, all right. So that's mm-hmm. a good story for one night. Mm-hmm. Then what? Okay, fine. You know, we, we just but that's in our nature is to do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To do a hard thing. Well, then we should we should start exploring the sea. Yeah, because we don't know anything about it. <laughs> we probably know more about some, Mars than we know about the bottom of the some ocean. Pe- some people are <laughs> definitely some people are. People love the sea. I just yeah, this is weird to me that whole. Uh, that whole movement. I remember when we talked about it a long time ago, like when they were talking about sending people to Mars and they're like, they're like trying to have people live together in isolation, you know, like, like some sort of Mars like yeah. environment, which is pretty impossible to recreate on Earth unless you're just pumping poisonous chemicals into people's faces. But they, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out like people who could like live together and wouldn't be crazy. And you're like, they're already crazy. They want to go to Mars. That's like a sign of <laughs> craziness. I've, uh, I've talked to people who were trying to get on. To the you know yeah, the yeah. go to Mars and stay on Mars yeah. thing. There, there's people. Yeah, yeah they wanna. And yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. If anyone says to me, "Do you want to go on a one way trip somewhere?" I'm like, nope. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm already on a one way trip. That's called life. I don't oh. need to make it any shorter. <laughs> nice. Dig it. Dig it, Daddy. Deep there, folks. Uh, our friend uh, Nina uh, gave. Uh, Gave a gift uh, to us. Oh, uh, it was a card game called Cinephile. Oh, did you see this? No, I didn't. Okay, when uh, was this? Uh, this was a while back. It may have been a gift to uh, PNL. I'm thinking about it, but then we were supposed <laughs> to use it or something. It might have been for me. One of the two. Anyway, the All point right. is uh, now I feel guilty that we're using it. That's okay. 
the point is, there's many ways to play this. Okay. Uh, so I was just gonna break break this out and just do uh, maybe like three rounds. Okay. Or something like fast. So this is a game based on the Seven Deadly Sins. Yes. All so, right. Uh, I'm taking sloth. All right. I? I'll take gluttony. All right. As usual. So, uh, so the the first the first game, uh, which I guess is the only one we'll probably be doing because I haven't read the rules of the others. <laughs> <laughs> is to try uh, uh, is you draw two cards. Okay. You've got two actors. Okay, and you try to connect uh, their uh, their film careers in six degrees of separation or less, and see who can do it in the shortest amount. Okay, see so you do it in the shortest amount. Okay, okay. So I'm going to reach in here and I'm yeah. going to take out some cards. Okay, Let's take out some cards. Okay, I'm going to shuffle them. Yeah, fresh. Okay, yeah. Uh, pick, so uh, I guess I could just flip two and we'll see sure, what sure, happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first one is. Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Now you got to connect. You sure. know how to do six degrees of separation. Right? Uh, I guess so. Okay. Can you connect uh, Joaquin Phoenix's yeah. career? I hope I hope Mel Gibson shows up with yeah Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz. So does that mean they acted together, or you, or that they were that they acted with other actors? Yeah. That then uh, would have acted with uh, that actor. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna see what I. You can see, see what, what you're gonna can, do here. See what yeah. See what we can. Mm-hmm. See what we can do yeah. here. Sure. Okay. Uh, so Penelope Cruz. All oh, right. Yeah. All right. Do you want Do you want to try it yourself or are you? Gonna... <laughs> I, I'm I'm thinking. I I'm trying to think of movies that he was in. Okay. And who he acted in those movies, and then her career, and who she acted. I was I was getting confused with Selma Hayek. So that really sent me down a wrong path, by the way. So I'm I'm back. I'm back a little bit better now. Right, I'm doing I'm doing two ways here, and I'm probably okay. gonna fail terribly at this. Uh-huh. Okay. So are we? Um... Oh, I'm getting the wrong. Okay, guy. I'm already I'm already there. All right, go for it. What's yours? So mine would be Penelope Cruz. Yeah. Acting with her husband Javier Bardem. Yeah. Who acted with Josh Brolin in uh, Old Country for No Men. Josh Brolin acted with. Joaquin Phoenix in Inherent Vice. You know what? There, you've got that one. I was going, I was going down the road of Vanilla Sky, okay, and Tom Cruise, and I was trying to think of like any other big movie that uh, Joaquin Phoenix was in, and I could not, for the life of me, do that. Okay, we'll try. So you've won one round. Okay, next one. I won this time. Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. All okay. right. All right. Ready? Yeah. And yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. So. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis, mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait a second. Okay, all right, hold it. I think I might be able to do this. Yeah, Scar-Jo. Scarlett Johansson. Going ahead. Uh... <laughs> um. Yes. Okay. Let's see. I don't know enough of her movies to. Uh... Hmm. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, I got it. Okay, so, uh, right. so. Um. Oh no, he doesn't. Son of a bitch. <laughs> all right, let me. No, that doesn't work. Let me. Go, oh, okay, let me, all let right. Me continue on here and try and think of uh, other. Oh, who would connect them? Scarjo has acted with. Um. I was getting him confused with. <laughs> oh, this is good to have radio. <laughs> We're just trying to think. Well, for quiet, well, we can get rid of all this. this okay, uh, we'll be thinking. very, we'll be very quiet, and get we'll get this. this we'll get this right. So, everyone, be quiet for a second. Okay, Daniel Day Lewis was in They Might Be Blood. I forget the name of the actor. There but will be blood. Yeah, uh, there will be blood. Yeah, but it's the kid, basically. Paul, Paul Dan- I drink Paul your Dino. milkshake, kid. Paul Dino. Okay, Paul Dino. 
Uh, Paul Dino is in. Um, does it have to be a movie or can it be TV? It has to be a movie. Oh well, then fuck it. Because <laughs> I was gonna go. Yeah, he's in uh, Secession with Brian Cox. Brian Cox was in uh, X Men Two. X Men Two has a Stanley. Paul Dano's in uh, Secession, isn't he? I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. Are you mixing mix him up with um, with the other with the other um, whatever his name is? Who is his, the brother was in Home Alone. This is a very. This is, <laughs> I'm gonna take a look. I'm sure. really sorry, folks. This this uh, is bad radio. I swear, I thought. Da, da, da. Uh, and again, you know, we all know I have a head wound, so you know, blame this all. Blame this all on me, and I I, I will the do rain. the next one uh, better than this. I thought Paul Dano was in this, and I'm totally wrong. Okay, yep, I got nothing. I can't connect the two. I'm so sorry, Dave. I'm trying <laughs> so uh, it's this hard with daniel d lewis because he's his career is not extensive now here's the thing i was trying to do another way of go around it which is he was in there will be blood yes he was okay so was paul f Tompkins. okay paul f Tompkins was in uh tenacious d and the pick of destiny okay now i'm trying to think of like who did cameos in tenacious d and the pick of destiny <laughs> That would be like wild cameos right. and like, okay, or even just Jack Black. Now we okay. got Jack Black. Sure. Jack Black. Like, did Jack Black ever do a movie with Scarlett Johansson? It seems like he... Wait, yes. Jack Black did um, did that movie uh, where uh, with... Um, with uh what's uh, what's oh, it? Gwyneth, Gwyneth, Paltrow, Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow who was uh Iron yeah, Man the, uh, yeah Iron Man of the event yeah with, in Iron Man 2 yeah. with Scarlett Johansson. With Scarlett Johansson, but you have to connect it to Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, I did. Oh. Scarlett Johansson, uh, Daniel Day Lewis is in uh is is in They Might Be Blood with Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Paul okay. Tompkins is in yeah, that's so there we go. All right. Okay. That's a that's a tenuous one, but oh. I'll, I'll let you have it. How, how many lines does he have to have? <laughs> a line. He has a line. Does he? Mr. Plainview. Mr. Plainview. Okay. Yeah, he's right off the top. <laughs> okay, last one. All right. Because uh, I don't know if this is working. All right, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Okay. Oh, those two would have been easier. Yeah, that would have been. All right, here we go. Oh, my God. Good luck here. Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig and Jeff one? Goldblum. I don't know if I can do this one. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think I can do Greta Gerwig. I got it. Okay. So, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum was in the uh, film um, The Aquatic Life. Life Aquatic. Or the with Steve Aquatic, Zissou. With Steve Zissou. With Owen Wilson. Yes. Who was... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to lose the plot now. Sorry. Who was in with Owen Wilson. Yeah. Who was in the family one. Oh, Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums. With Ben Stiller. Who was in... A movie with Greta Gerwig that was directed by Noah Noah Bachbaum called Thingamajigger. But it's it is it is a movie. Okay, I just can't enough. remember the name of it. I'm sorry, but all right, all right. One last one, real fast. All right, here we go. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Okay, Nicholas Cage. He's been in every movie ever made. And Winona Ryder. Oh come on! So let's go back in time. Yeah, you can just go. You can go 80s, right? Let's just let's well, just, eight, uh, nine, 80s, 90s, 90s, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, this is ridiculous because Nicolas Cage is in everything. Is in everything, yes. We're just having trouble connecting him to someone who would be connected to her. And how do we connect them? I'm just trying to think of movies that... Has 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 he ever done a movie with... Uh, yeah, has he ever done a movie with Johnny Depp? And then you're like, no. I'm like, how is that possible? Because that would make it so easy. To, yes. 
Yeah, that, I guess because they wouldn't want someone who underplays acting with someone who overplays. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nicholas Cage. And you think like Winona Ryder was in so much, but then what? <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to. It's it's, it's tricky because you well, when does your mind goes? So you're like, okay, she's in Heather's with Christian Slater. Is Christian right. Slater in a movie with? Right. Now I'm going to go a different the... route. I'm going to go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go that the the movie with Ethan Hawke and uh, Gene Garofalo. Okay, so you're going to go with uh Reality Bites. Reality Bites. So I'm going with, I'm going down Ethan that Hawk. road and I'm just like Gene Garofalo was in a lot of stuff as well. It just feels like they should have been in something again. It's weird he's done so many movies and yet you're like <laughs> who are his co-stars? <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm going like I'm going Sam Elliott in Ghost Rider. I'm like, okay, so that takes me to Big Lebowski, you know, uh, and he's the cowboy. I'm like, okay, was there anyone in Big Lebowski that has done a movie with Winona Ryder? Like Con Air, where there's like a million. Exactly. And that keeps getting me to Steve Buscemi over and over again. Yeah. Steve Buscemi keeps popping in my head because he's in Big Lebowski and he's in Con Air. Uh, You got John Malkovich. Is, you got John is, Cusack. You got John Cusack. And they can't, like, how is John Cusack <laughs> not in a movie with Winona Ryder? Like, how is that possible? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just just Nicolas Cage alone. That should be the easiest one in the world. He is even more Kevin Bacon than Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I'm very disappointed in myself right now. I'm. What I like is the idea that Stinkers are out there just screaming at us for the answer. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta go. I can't do it. I can't do that one. I no, we can't. Myself. We can't give up. Oh, you're gonna this keep is, going. This is too. This is too. This is too possible. Okay. It's too possible that okay. we that we cannot. It can't be impossible for us to do this. Okay. So let's work our way through uh, Nicolas Cage then. So let's go. Let's see if we can get through this way. So Nicolas Cage is in. No, it's not going to work. <gasps> oh, 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 Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Nicolas Cage. Yes. Is in. Yes. Um, Face Off with John Travolta. Who's in Broken Arrow with Christian Slater? Oh, Christian uh, Slater is in Heather's with Winona Ryder. There we go. Let's put these away before they hurt anyone. <laughs> that was fun. Good. That was fun. It was a lot of thinking. Thank you, though. Nina, for yeah, the, that was uh, awesome. This. It was fun. We'll bring them out again. Yeah, we'll do this again. Shuffly, I, I, shuffly. I enjoyed it. Let's do two. Let's do two more. Let's we'll just do, do one, more. More. one more time. One more time. All right. Hey, one more time. Going. This is fun. Okay. We can do it. We can do it. It's going to be real easy this time. Eddie Murphy. Oh boy. Natalie Portman. What? Do you want to swap out Natalie Portman? Nope. nope. All nope. right. We've done it. We've done it. We've done it. We can't go back on this. Natalie Portman. All right. So Eddie Murphy. Has Eddie Murphy ever performed with Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> um, Has he? That's interesting. I wonder. Eddie Murphy. Now, are we counting animated as well or no? No, I think it has to be like real movie. But the... Th- how many movies did he act by himself? Like Norbert and Dr. Doolittle and stuff yeah, like that. It feels the, like yeah, the clumps. All, the clumps. Those are all like uh, trading places. Trading places. Can we go in a long circuitous? Oh, I got it then. Okay. So trading places with Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd with Bill Murray. Bill Murray with, with, um, in Rushmore with Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman, Dealing Limited with Natalie Portman. There we go. <laughs> Fun. Nice. That is fun. I know. It's addictive, right? Yeah, it's cool. All right. Putting that away. Thank you, Nina. Thank you, Nina. <laughs> third dragon. Third dragon, Nina Matsumoto. She is the third dragon, Nina Matsumoto. You're right. Uh, so, Dave, uh, uh, I, I haven't, uh, you know, I missed an episode. 
Are we still uh, are we still being dark with the shadows? Or you what's going on? did do one. A poor poor Jason was tormented by having to listen to a mysterious show that he had no idea what it was about. And now you're a little a little out. Mm, but that's okay. okay. That's well, all right. I'm taking a quick bathroom break. Please start, and I will join you and just all take right. a boot. All right. Yeah, get out of here. Did you see that I bought a box of Charms Blow Pops? Because they were like my favorite candy as a kid. I did see that. I thought it was empty, though. Oh, cool. All right, everyone. If you remember last time, we... Um... I don't. Dave, Dave, sorry. Were you asking if I remember last time? Yeah, do you remember last time? I didn't, because like two reasons. Yeah, one, one is? One, one is I wasn't here. Yeah. Two, I fell and hit my head. <laughs> okay. You have two good excuses. Yeah. No excuse to leave the room, though, when I'm doing the, the uh, review. Oh, but anyway. there is. <laughs> Bye. Okay, everyone. Time for uh, Dork Shadows. If you remember last time when Jason was here, we were discussing a uh, lot of rigmarole with a will, right? Wasn't there a bunch of stuff with a will? <laughs> I can't remember now. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to look back at my thingy here. Doodle doodle walks in the middle in the midst of Yes. We had some will forging going on. We had some, uh, we had some, some fear, some fear of, of, uh, a coffin being discovered in a mausoleum. And then we, we ended, we ended with, uh, a, a satanic ritual, a satanic ritual at the old groundskeeper's cottage where we saw Jameson acting as the portal. He was the conduit, the innocent conduit for even uh, Evan Hanley, the, the family lawyer slash practicing Satanist, local Satanist, who, who did this with Quentin, who, <laughs> who suggested it. And they uh, looked in the fire, and in the fire, a skull appeared, a burning skull appeared in the fire. Oh, I know that. That's Nick Cage. He was in Ghost Rider with <laughs> Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Who was in uh, with uh, John Goodman in um, the Big in, Lebowski. In Big Lebowski yep, yep. Uh, with, with, with Steve Buscemi. Yep. Uh, who uh, was a firefighter. Yep. Um, in real life. So that takes us back to the fire. That takes us back to the which fire. Which is what, where the skull is burning. That's right. The skull is burning in the fireplace. And did I mention the skull is wearing a wig? <laughs> then you know. You know you're watching. Wow. You know you're watching. Dark shadows. Wither vanity. When a skeleton is wearing a wig. So, Quentin and Hanley are startled by the sudden appearance of a beautiful young woman. Who apparently has stepped out of the fireplace. Oh, wait. Was she the skeleton? She was the skeleton in the fireplace. In a wig. With a wig, yeah. Okay. Now she's a beautiful young woman. Okay. Well, Can we guess who she is, everyone? Who could possibly have appeared in 1897 to torment Barnabas? It's Angelique. Angelique. Yes, of course. She has come again, uh, raised from the dead, which I kind of was a little bit of a, to me, because I'm not so much of a fan person when I was kind of like, oh, because I felt like she had a really good end of her storyline when she turned up in the, in 1895 or 1795 and got, and got, uh, and got, uh, burned alive. (laughs) And I thought that's a good conclusion to that storyline. It also rhymes. And also rhymes. Oh, 1785? Staying alive. alive. Staying alive. Burned alive in 85. <laughs> and, but no, she's been raised from the dead again. And, of course, Quentin and Hanley are a bit like, what's going on? They're expecting, like, some sort of, I don't know, helpful monster who's going to show up and take care of Barnabas. I don't know what, quite what they were expecting when Corky. they were when they're <laughs> raising someone from the netherworld, which was their plan. They were going to raise someone from the netherworld. You and meddled God's domain. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> instead, they got instead of a cookie monster, they got a beautiful woman. Oh, and the old bait and switch. They're a little bit 
what's going on? So then, of course, Quentin, Quentin, yeah, it's a beautiful woman. He's all kind of like homina homina, turns into the Wolfram and Tex Avery cartoon, sure, and starts talking with her and you know giving her a lot of flattery and and getting on her good side. Yeah, and he just he, came out of the fireplace. Would like to be an old flame. <laughs> hey, baby, I'm carrying a torch for you. I think we're a good match. And anyway, that was that was that's, good. That's my log got, line. That's my log line. Uh, okay. <laughs> You step a step too far there, by okay. the way. The three were massive. The fourth. I hope you don't have the flu. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's a clean sweep. I, Let's. Um, so then. Head wound. Yeah, yeah. You can tell it's talking. So uh, Quentin reveals that he is enemies with Barnabas. That's why they raised her from you know because I need okay. I need someone to fight my enemy. Right. Barnabas and she says Collins and he says why yes and she says. You are my friend. And uh, what if it was like Barnabas Johnson? <laughs> well, then she's different. He's just a different vampire yeah. guy. Yeah. Barnabas Johnson, she would have been so disappointed if it was Johnson. Uh, she pledges her assistance to their. Now, Hanley is less, he's less taken. He's not, he's not swooning over her like Quentin. He's kind of like, well, who are you? What can you do? What can you help us? You know, I don't understand what's going on here. And uh, he attempts to question Angelique, and she's not having it. So she quiets him by mystically. Taking away his voice and cutting off his oxygen supply. Uh, so Quentin has to like plead for Hanley's life. And then she, uh, she, she then relinquishes and she says, after all, we're all on the same side, my side, which I thought was a great line. Mm. And, the uh, fire side. Hmm? The fire side. The fire side, yes. I gotta turn the page here, everyone. Uh, she and Quentin uh, make goo goo eyes at uh, one another and they reach a kind of unspoken agreement. She answers his concerns about her sudden appearance by disappearing. So he's very concerned. He's kind of, his problem is, how am I going to explain the sudden appearance of this woman? And how can you help me? Like, people are going to have a lot of questions for you. Sure. And she says, don't worry. I cannot be seen if that's what you wish. And then she disappears. And then, uh, although before she disappears, the one thing she says, he says, I don't want any trouble. And she says, uh, it's too late for that, Quentin. If you wanted to avoid trouble... You should never have sent for me. Oh. And then she disappears with, with, with a ringing laughter. While saying, wait, don't run. This kind of trouble is lots of fun. Yeah, exactly. Pop a matter, pop, pop a dice. Pop a six and you move twice. Race your men around the track. Try to send the others back. Uh, something about their sister and brother, her mean old brother. I can't remember. Yeah. There's another thing about like, you've, yeah, that's right. There's, there's an extra line in there we always forget, yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, Quentin and Hanley still don't quite get what's going on. So they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, a woman just where, walked out of the fireplace where did, and said, I want uh, what's what's Barnabas's what, last name, Collins, no. and then poof, vanished.' Yeah, yeah. Okay. What's going on? That is confusing. But at the same time, you did raise her from the dead by calling on the, all the powers of the netherworld. Okay. So if you get someone who's got some powers, like some magical powers, you're not you should be going like, uh, duh, where did that come from?' Okay, it's my feeling. Uh, so yeah, so then they they but they search the cottage for her." They're like, well, she's not in that room. And you're like, no kidding. She's like, anyway. Um, Sandor then returns, but without Jameson. He went out to find Jameson. Okay. But he returns without him. And, and he says he went back to uh, Collinwood. Um, now, Hanley doesn't want Sandor to know that Angelique appeared or that the spell worked. So he, he pretends that it was a failure. And Sandor is like, what? It seemed to be going great. I don't understand. But he doesn't want, he doesn't want any, you know, he doesn't want him to know. So then Han- Hanley demands that Sandor finish forging the will. And sends him out the door. And and then uh, he starts telling Quentin, listen, she's too powerful for us. We need to send her back to the netherworld. And Quentin recognizes that 
she is too powerful for them. He says, there's no point trying to do that. We just need to work with her for our ends. At which point you hear Angelique laughing. You're like, good idea to not go along with your plot. When she's listening in, back at the old house, Barnabas comes upon Sandor forging the will. Uh, He takes the will from him, but he says, I'm not going to report you. I'm not going to report you to the police. I understand that you, you know, you need the money and that you're trying to get things going, but I will help you. I don't want you working with other people. You work with me and I will help you and we will work on this together. And so, but he takes the will away and he throws yeah. the forged one into the says, fireplace. Give me the power of attorney. Now I'm a power sander. <laughs> Everyone has a good laugh. <laughs> oh. Concussion. <laughs> they both leave. <laughs> They both leave the, yeah. uh, the the room in the old house, and uh, a breeze starts to blow. And then Angelique appears v- via the chroma key. She appears in the room, and then she has like a I don't know what she does. She does like a monologue okay. about she's back. Monologue for young ghosts. She's back. She talks to Josette's portrait, tells her how much she hated her. Okay, could have told her that in the afterlife. Yeah, you think so? And uh, then she disappears again. Meanwhile, we go back to Hanley and uh, Quentin talking outside of Collinwood, and Quentin wonders, his, he's wondering what Angelique's motives are, although she's pretty clear that she hated Barnabas, so you think that would be kind of obvious. But anyway, Rachel is dozing on the sofa in the drawing room, at which point Quentin comes in and he like puts his hands over her eyes, okay. and she kind of startles, startles her awake, which I'm talking, everyone, this is the Victorian era, when men, when a man, a respectable man, did not put his hands on a respectable woman. This is very, very, um, I guess it would be unmannerly, ungentlemanly. Then he flirts with her he, uh, and proceeds to question her suggestively because so of information. So basically, basically, he wants to go to bed with her. Yeah. He's letting her know. Yep. He's saying, hey, if you want to have sex, I'm your, I'm your man. Yeah, it's a soap opera. It's, someone's got to <laughs> have a, some, right? Yeah, but it's hopefully. a soap opera. Although it's shockingly little, shockingly little yeah, yeah. in the Dark Shadows. Disappointing. Because people tend to die before they can have sex. That's a problem. Mm, that's horror movie rules. It's like, I got a boner. <laughs> Sorry, what did he choke on? <laughs> <laughs> well, in, well endowed. So then... Real um, Joe Rogan. <laughs> really? Eh, probably not really. <laughs> mm, let's say, a real Tommy Lee. Since that's kind of coming up again. Sure. They're doing that movie. Does everyone know what, what channel that... Or what, what service that movie's playing on in Canada? The Tommy Lee, uh, with uh, yeah, um, what's her last name? Anderson. Yeah, Pamela, Pamela Anderson, Anderson. Pamela Anderson sex tape farce. Disney Plus. Yeah, good good actors in it. Good stuff. Yeah, good cast, yeah. I guess they're like, well, Sebastian Stan's in it. He's in a lot of Marvel movies. We can tie and, it together. Uh, Lily James. Yeah. Yeah. No, it looks good. And also Seth Rogen. Yeah. And also, <sighs> and also that comedian who was on Community. Oh, okay. The man that uh, the Nick, man Nick Community. Nick Offerman. Oh, okay. wait, Community. Oh, not sorry, Community. Um, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. I always right. get those mixed up. Sorry. Those shows, you know, those ensemble comedy shows. I put up uh, a thing on uh, Twitter that was uh, an old uh, poster for an uh, improv show I, I did. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was a little picture of Seth Rogen there, misspelled, misspelled mm. name. Yeah, yeah, I saw the, that. I saw that. Comedians, yeah. It was actually from his page where he was complaining about how they've been misspelling his name for mm. decades. Seth. Seth Rogen. So, um... Where were we here? Oh, so while Quentin is uh, suggestively suggesting things to to uh, Rachel, he looks up to find Barnabas glaring at him disapprovingly. And also goes, don't forget, Rachel, who's played by Catherine Lee Scott, who played Josette 
in the in the past travel time travel uh, storyline is now playing Rachel. Okay. So still continuing that completely bogus and who cares resemblance to Josette, but. You know, that's supposed to be, we're supposed to go, oh, she looks like Josette. Well, I guess Barnabas is going to fall in love with her. And that's meaningful to us because it's soap not. Opera. It's soap opera. It's not really meaningful. We got to find something to connect to that. We got to. We got to. Uh, Quentin is unembarrassed by this. He does not. He has no, he has no uh, morals. He just goes, well, I guess I should go because I'm not going to make any time with his lady. So long, y'all. And uh, now Barnabas, who's a horn dog on a different level. Mm-hmm. Has he's, he killed anyone, by the way, since I last tuned in? Uh, no. Okay, good for him. No. But he's, but he's a horn dog. Yeah, because okay. you know what he brought for you know what he brought for Rachel? What's that? The music box. Oh. The classic Josette music box. Oh. Indicating his feelings, which are sublimated into yeah. a music box for the what ladies. A, what a pantaloon dropper that is, a music box. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Many a pantaloon has been dropped <laughs> by a music box. Clang. <laughs> <laughs> That's a chassis belt hitting the floor. <laughs> so Rachel plays it, and they talk about Josette, and he talks about Josette as if he knew her, because oh. he did know her. But that's not something he should be doing. That's not something he should be doing. And she says, "That's spilling some beans." She says, "You talk of her as if you knew her," and he goes, "I feel as if I knew her." Ah, uh, that's okay. Good, good save. Suddenly, good save, Superman. Yeah, that's a good save indeed. <laughs> Suddenly, Rachel grasps her throat and falls to the floor. She can't breathe. Ooh, Angelique are choking out in this episode. Angelique has made a doll. Of Rachel and has tightened a cord around its neck. And Rachel's laying on the floor, rolling around. She, um, oop, I have to turn the page again. So difficult the way I write these things. She, some for some reason, mentions Widow's Hill. And Barnabas is like, eyes dattering around, Widow's Hill, Angelique. Originally, it was just called Widow Hill, but people thought, well, where's the big hill then? It's like, no, it's Widow's. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's why you don't have children name hills for you yeah angelique is interrupted by dirk wilkins coming in that is a good soap opera name dirk wilkins groundskeeper who demands to know what she is doing in the cottage what's all this then she claims what's that yeah said, what's all this what's all this says then? dirk wilkins and played by roger davis this is one of the few scenes Which where he's also a good soap opera name it is a good soap opera name one of the few scenes where he doesn't maul the woman to death by by pawing all over her while he's while she's while acting with her she claims to be meeting quentin uh wilkin warns her about him he says you don't want to be waiting for quentin that guy is a dog and she's like i know that why else would i be here and he's like i'm shocked meanwhile rachel and barnabas talk about her mysterious attack we need to you know make these things clear yeah she's so upset by it she throws herself into barnabas's arms and he is sorely tempted by her bare neck. And he starts to do the old, you know, where they lift their head back as if they're going to bite. Yeah. But before anything can happen, Edward walks in with some good old-fashioned disapproval. What's all this then? Once again. <laughs> Angelique casts a spell over Rachel to come to the cottage. So suddenly Rachel, in the middle of everyone talking, goes, I got to go outside. I need some air. Angelique has become the great gazoo of this. I know. Uh, really. She's got so many powers. You're like, what can't she do? <laughs> See, that's my impression of Nina Matsumoto. <laughs> Thank you for that. Third dragon. First kazoo. <laughs> first, first kazoo. I was first kazoo in uh, music class. Uh, Rachel uh, makes excuses and leaves. And Chris Barnabas is like, well, I'll come with you. And she's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm going to go outside, have some air. Uh, then Barnabas questions a highly disgusted Edward about his wife. He's like, do I ask you about your wife? He says to <laughs> Barnabas. He doesn't say that, but he states that his wife is away. And will remain away. Second time he said this to someone. She's gone and she'll stay gone. Yeah. 
we've said that about our wives in the past, right? When people ask, like, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how's Pia going? Uh, doing and I'll go like uh, she's away <laughs> and she'll remain <laughs> away huh. and you know what that stops all the questions yeah exactly yeah I, I don't I don't go why is the light on in the attic and then I, and then I'll continue a weem away a weem away and I'll back out of the room a weem away a weem <laughs> Pia sleeps tonight so then um <laughs> um so then uh um, you, if you're wondering why Barnabas and Edward had that conversation, that's because Rachel needed to get to the cottage. Because we got to the cottage, and Kathleen Scott, who hurried over to the other oh, so, set. Sorry. Mm. Barnabas. Yes. And Edward. Yeah. Okay. So Barnabas is, is another way of saying Barnabas is Barney, mm-hmm. and Edward. Yeah. Could you get Fred out of, uh, out of that? Yeah. Oh, you got Fred and Barney, and then you got Kazoo. <laughs> you go. It so, is. This is so a remake of the, the Flintstones. Remake of the Flintstones yeah. Yeah, it's a Flintstones. Or it's before the Flintstones. I don't know. Oh, I don't yeah. know the timeline. Um, at the cottage, Rachel arrives to become a pawn in Angelique's plot against Barnabas. She begins to hypnotize Rachel, but we're not sure what she hypnotized her to do or why or what's oh. going on. Wilkins comes to Collinwood. He is introduced to Barnabas, and in Barnabas's presence, he informs Edward of his meeting with Angelique. So now Barnabas is really, he suspected, now he knows. Because he described her as, you know, blonde, good looking, and uh, waiting there for Quentin. Barnabas goes to the cottage to investigate, but finds it empty. The rooster's crow, however, alerts him that Dawn approaches. He looks outside, we can see Dawn, a stock shot. We've seen it many times in the show, this particular shot of Dawn, but it's Dawn. Uh, he reluctantly leaves and returns to the old house. He goes down into the basement, to his coffin, opens the lid... And there finds Rachel lying in his coffin. What? Like time for a commercial. Oh, no. Or it might have been the end of the show. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was the end of the show. The next show begins. Rachel awakens. Okay. In the drawing room of the old house. Barnabas claims he found her wandering in the woods. Because he can't tell her, you're in my coffin. I'm a vampire. So he, you know, it's dead. Uh, and maybe she was supposed to awaken the coffin and wonder what the heck was going on and discover and maybe look up and see uh, Barnabas... <laughs> Getting in the coffin and, and, and a lot of questions to answer then. But they oh, didn't okay. happen, luckily for him. Uh, Rachel returns to Collinwood and Barnabas returns to the basement because the sun is almost up. There he finds Magda. And I love their conversations because she hates him. He hates her. But they need to work together. So there's a lot of... Like when, when he came back earlier and he was like... You didn't... The last episode, he was like... He comes back to her and he's like... Uh, he comes in and he's like... Um, I want you to, I got a task for you, whatever. And she's like, oh, is there something else you want me to do for you, your highness? And she does this, this you know, sar- sarcastic curtsy, stuff like that. She's really good. good. Really great. Um, so he finds Magda. He wants her to give him an amulet that will ward off witches. Okay. And he, he asks her, you know, and she says, well, I do have one. But, you know, and he says, uh, well, give it to me. And she says, well, if there's witches around, I need it. He says, well, they're not getting, they're not going after you. I need it for, I would need it for my, you know, for myself. What he really wants is to give it to Rachel, but he's not telling her that. He then tells her. I want the witch amulet. Witch amulet? Yeah, that's right. You heard me. (laughs) And then they go on for about two minutes with that bit. (laughs) Oh, it went on and on. Uh, So then he tells her he has hidden the will at Collinwood. Okay. But what he wants her to do is go there uh, and pretend that she well not pretend she knows where it is but uh, she, he wants her to go tell Judith where it's located and he wants her to pretend that she has found it in, through some mystical way so that he is not his name is not mentioned right and she says why do you want to make me so look so good 
He says, maybe I suddenly feel sorry for uh, poor gypsies. I don't know. He has no real reason for it. But what they're doing here is they're slowly changing their relationship. So before it was like animosity, right? Because he, he bit Sandor. Sandor's in his thrall. Right. Magda's only working for him because of the control he has over Sandor. But now they want to change this relationship a little bit and make them into friends. Or at least a fairly, you know, oops, even alliance instead of like a, a, an angry, yeah. you know, one up, one up on the other. It's a smart soap opera move. Yeah. Yeah. We need Can't to always like, have people have the same, uh, you know, uh, alliances. And yeah. Yeah. And so um, mix her up. So we cut back to Collinwood because we need time for Grayson Hall as Magda to get there. So Judith and Rachel meet in the foyer. Uh Rachel, um, Judith has questions about like how Rachel's feeling after her, after her attack. And then she also, um, questions Judith about Quentin. Beth enters from outside carrying a, a doll, like a little doll. And, uh, she's confused when Rachel asks if the doll is for Nora. We haven't really heard much about Nora, but Nora is the sister of Jameson. Okay. So we haven't seen Nora yet, but, but she is the other daughter of Edward, or sorry, the daughter of Edward as well as Jameson is the son of it, uh, son of Edward. So, um, but she seems very confused. And then Judith takes Beth into the drawing room and upbraids her for becoming attached to a mysterious her. So she's like, you know, why did you bring this doll back? And she says, well, she's so lonely. And she says, you shouldn't feel sorry for her. That is not what you're here for. And so then, of course, Rachel leaves dropping on this and going, who is this mysterious her? And everyone else in the audience is going, have you read Jane Eyre? <laughs> Later, Rachel, Rachel buttonholes Beth in the entryway Ooh. and attempts to pry information. But Beth is saying nothing. Okay. She is closed-mouthed. But Judith then overhears part of this conversation and also warns Rachel about cats and curiosity, basically. Just says, you should not be worried about these things. Your job is as a governess to look after the children. Don't get yourself in trouble. How did that cat die, by the way? The curious cat? Yeah. It didn't. It's in a box. Still? Yeah. Is it still curious? No, no, it's in a box. Do you want to open the lid and see? I'm a little curious. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm in the box. I get it. Uh, good Black Mirror episode, guys. I was the cat the whole time. Oh, Nina has some interesting news. I can't tell it on the show, though. Okay. It's of a personal nature. Okay. Not of a, you know, not of a, or I should say more of a private nature. All right. But you, you can check it out while I'm, t- while I'm talking. Sure. Um, Rachel leaves, and there is a loud knock on the door. It is Magda. She has info for a skept- skeptical, and I would say aggressively skeptical Judith, who just wants her to leave. But Magda mentions the will, and that perks up Judith's ears. And so uh, she wants to read the tarot cards for Judith, and Judith doesn't believe in the cards, but the will. The will. So whether you believe in the cards or not, the will is the way. So you need the to... will. Yeah, that's right. The will is the way. That's, that's correct. So Magda does a tarot reading for uh, Judith. You know, she she has like the upside down. She has like I think a queen. It's upside down. That indicates the the death of the grandmother and right. and then she find there's a heart. And then she says, "This is a room at the castle." Is, or the tower represents Collinwood, and so this is in the heart of the room. And basically, she tells Judith exactly where it's, the will is located. Okay. So as Magda leaves, Barnabas arrives. He gives Rachel an amulet to protect her from Angelique, and he leaves. A pleased Judith comes downstairs with the will. So obviously, she's read it, because she in her monologues that she can't believe what her grandmother has left her. And she says, now I'm in control, and things are going to be different. Rachel enters, 
and tells her Nora didn't get her doll. Mm. So she saw Nora and said, what did you think of the doll that Beth got for you? And Nora said, I didn't get a doll. Cut to Beth, somewhere else in the house, coming to a door carrying the doll. She calls out to someone named Jenny. Now, Jenny, if people don't remember, Jenny was the, is the name. Jenny Collins is the name of Edward's wife. Okay. So she calls to Jenny and unlocks the door and enters the room. Dot, dot, dot. I put, so either it was a commercial break or end right. of show. A very pleased Judith is rereading the will. And uh, Carl comes in. Carl, the, the idiot, comes in. <laughs> uh, have you met Carl? You haven't met Carl. I don't think I've met Carl. The okay, idiot. Carl is played by the actor who normally plays Willie on the show. Okay. And this is what's interesting. This is another interesting thing about this past, which I was reading about on, on Dark Shadows Every Day. This, the writer there pointed out that unlike Vicky's journey back to 1785, where she commented on the character's represent, uh, resemblance to to people that she knew in the sure. in, in her pre, in her own present, it gave the show kind of a sense of is this real or is it in her mind? Is she like you know seeing her people she knows and as these Are you, characters? Uh, yeah, Wizard of Ozing it and yeah, all yeah. The people from the farm. Yeah. But this is not how it is for Barnabas. Like we know that Barnabas is sitting seventy years in the future in a trance at a table. Right. But he is not confusing these characters with someone else. Like when Carl comes in, when he meets Carl, when Carl introduces himself, he doesn't say, why, Willie, what are you doing here? He just goes, this is a person I don't know who he is. He introduced himself, to, so you know, he introduced himself to Barnabas by holding a gun to his head <laughs> and telling him that he's a liar and then he knows who he really is. Ah. Getting Barnabas rather nervous. And then he, he uh, jokingly fires the, the pistol, but it just shoots out a little flag that says fib on it which he thinks is a great joke but Barnabas isn't so amused no no no, no. so we know that Carl's a bit of a he's a bit of a so Barnabas killed him right just tore him <laughs> he just tore him to pieces, pieces. Yeah. To pieces. <laughs> he couldn't do that he's got to keep, yeah. keep his cool okay. so this is Carl Carl is kind of the Millicent of like the Millicent character from 1785 who is basically an idiot this is Carl's role sure, in right. he just makes conversations more interesting because you need a character who's just like a unpredictable ding dong so um but Carl, when he sees that she has the will, is very excited and he wants, but she just taunts him with her newfound position. She says, you better not insult me or joke around with me because yeah, I'm in not control here. me with or whatever, yeah. bing, fib, oh, fib, fib, fib me. Fib me. Yes. <laughs> she calls the family together for a reading of the will. All right. Sorry, everyone. I just have to turn the page again. Turn the correct direction. Um, <laughs> I like how much you have to rotate it. I know. I know. I get, I get uh, confused. Um, at first... She wishes to wait for Hanley, but Edward is too impatient and says, what's the point of waiting for Hanley? We already have the, the will here. So she begins reading out the will with the warning, brace yourself, brothers. Quentin is there as well, of course. Okay. The long and the short of it is Carl and Edward are left with nothing. Quentin in the will is guaranteed to always have a home at Collinwood. All right. Judith has inherited the entirety of the estate. The house is hers and all the money is hers. Edward rages and fumfers and threatens legal action, but she says, go ahead. It's a, we know that her, she was in her right mind when she made this will. The will is airtight. There's not much you can do about this. Uh, Quentin, though, is highly amused by this, which is kind of funny because <laughs> two shows ago, he was like doing all he could to, you know, he, he and Hanley hid the will. They stole the will out of the coffin. They, they gave it to Sandor to forge to get so Quentin could get actual money instead of because he knows he's, he, he suspects he's been cut out of it. Um, they raise a, they, you know, they contact, they have a satanic ceremony to, <laughs> to raise someone from the netherworld to help him. Sure. You know, but soon as, soon as 
the will is read and everything is done, he's like, well, that's fine, whatever. This is hilarious because Edward and Carl get nothing. Judith has everything now. The person who is the, 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 the least in the family was treated the worst yeah. has now been raised to the highest position. And of course, I wanted some money out of this, but whatever. It's, it's a good gag. It's as much as... It's, it's, it's a good as, bit. Yeah, I can enjoy the schadenfreude of this as much as I could have... You know, so he's, he's just having a great time. He points out to Edward that his son Jameson is next in line, though. Ah. Should anything happen to Judith? Of course, Edward is uh, outraged this, you know, that he would suggest such a thing. Meanwhile, and I wrote Maggie, but it's Rachel. Rachel has snuck up into the tower where... Snuck up a word? Anyway, she did some snuckin'. Sneaked up? Sneak? Sneak up? Snuckered? Yeah. She snuckered. You know when it's called snuckers that it has to be good. Uh, she has gone up into the tower where she sees Beth exit the locked room. Um, Beth goes into her room where Quentin waits for her in the dark. So, which, of course, it's not creepy at all to be sitting in the dark waiting for someone sure. to come in. yeah. He then, of course, puts the moves on her, hot and heavy, but is interrupted by Rachel coming in. She has come to ask questions about the tower room. But once again, Beth isn't spilling. You can ask her in the foyer. You can ask her in her room. She's not going to tell you. Ask her on the roof. You can ask her on the roof. You can ask her in a boat. You can ask her on a goat. She's not going to tell you what's happening in the tower room. We do get a small scene, though, of Beth lording it. Or maybe I should say, oh, sorry, Judith, I should say lording it or lading it over edward because we need these are transitions so we need we need to this because this allows catherine lee scott as rachel to hustle back to the tower set (laughs) where uh like they shoot it like a play we hear a squeaking noise yeah it's kind of cool they shoot like a play we hear a squeaking noise and we cut to the room's interior and there's a curb there's a curb there's a crib Rocking back and forth in the dark. Never creepy. Not creepy at all. No, that's fantastic. Uh, Rachel calls out to the occupant of the locked room. There is no answer. We get another short scene between Edward and Beth, which gives time for Rachel to be knocking at the front door of the old house. <laughs> Magda answers, Barnabas is not here. Magda reads Rachel's palm, though. She warns her that an enemy of Barnabas is now her enemy. Enemy. Did I say enemy? I meant enemy. An enemy. Oh, you said uh, an enemy. I said, see an enemy? Yeah. You said, see an enemy. Uh, Rachel piques Magda's interest mm-hmm. by asking if the enemy lives in the tower room. And Magda's like, mm, someone lives in the tower room. <laughs> Any information is something I can use as a, as a fortune teller. Uh, Magda tells her that a woman waits for her there in the tower. Oh, that's nice. And let me turn the page. This is my own, my own little, uh, waits for her there in the tower, but she sees a night of terror in in uh, Rachel's future and tells her though there's a key to the tower but warns her she will meet her enemy there so that's those are all important things but she also says you must go and meet this woman sure because this is the key to you defeating your enemy back at Collinwood Rachel look uh, looks up at the tower from her room and sees the light turn on as Edward sleeps a hand holding a candle sets his bedspread alight oh could we get any more Jane Eyre everyone <laughs> he uh of course. Well, it's your fault for having an oily bed spread. <laughs> oily to bed. Say? Oily to bed, oily ah, to rise. <laughs> damn it. All right. Fine. Sorry, sir. You did have a concussion, so I'm going to be a little faster with you on that. I apologize. Um, uh, Got to connect that joke with Nicolas Cage. Uh, so then. Ghost uh, writer and I've been burned. <laughs> for me for reading, which stars George Clooney, who also. Okay, so then. Um, with Brad Pitt, uh, the TV show <laughs> The Pits. Uh, so 
Uh, then, so Rachel hears like all this co- commotion and she wonders what is going on. But, uh, she's, but she's just too like keyed up. Rachel's too keyed up. Like, so she's listening and she wondering what's going on. But then Edward is raging at some person who's, we can't see who it is. They're sitting in one of those chairs that have like a, a top on it. Sure. You know, so we can't, this, by the it, way. It's designed just for reveals those chairs. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and by the way, this Victorian time has the, all the kookiest furniture is in this time period. Every, like in the, I think we talked about it before. There was like a three seater chair. Like it's a kind of like a spiral shaped chair that seats three. Okay. But all separated by a, by a handrail. Meanwhile, at the old house, there's this weird, like a round ottoman, but that has a pillar sticking up out of the top of it. Hmm. I have no idea what that's for. Okay. And then we have in an Edward's room, a chair with a, with a, with a, a top over it in case it rains out, I guess, in your room. <laughs> So he's yelling at this person. Then Beth comes in, and so he's yelling at Beth and this person. Oh, come on. And it's a lot of a lot of raging from Edward, who is very the, good, very good. The machine. That actor, that actor is made to yell at people, be very strict. Uh, Rachel comes to his door, and of course he answers. Everything's fine. Don't worry. I'm just I'm just yelling for fun. Uh, then he goes back in his room, and he insists that they wait there for Rachel to go to sleep before they for whatever happens happens. But Rachel doesn't go to sleep. Oh. Later, she hears animal-like noises and Beth's voice in the hallway. Soon, the light in the tower turns on. The next day, Rachel tries to talk to Beth about the night's activities, but once again, Beth just gaslights her. By the way, do you you, uh, watch this with uh, subtitles on? Nope. Okay. Because that does sound like a subtitle in the brackets, animal-like noises. (laughs) No, it's not. That's my description. Uh, Magda arrives with a note for Rachel from Barnabas. She urges Rachel to go to the room and reassures her that the amulet will protect her from danger. Rachel goes to the locked room again, this time with a key. She inserts the key into the lock and unlocks the door and prepares to enter. And we'll find out next time what she finds. Oh, for crying out. (laughs) Everyone, that was door shadows for this week. More like door shadows. (laughs) There we go. All right. Uh, and uh, and if you uh, did you mention uh, where you're watching this? Yes, I've been watching this on Tubi, everyone, and where you can go there as well and experience Dave's weird algorithm on Tubi. <laughs> yeah, there you are, and they'll they'll be going like, "Why are more people watching Dark Shadows?" And it's like, oh, "It's podcast." That's the way it goes. My phone is now telling me that it's time to do Sneaky Dragon. Oh, okay, good. So let's do it for real. Not going to start this one off with that weird story about me and the fake injury. <laughs> That's just for insurance purposes. I hope you know. I just want to collect on uh, on that. We traditionally now turn to the mailbag, which I would traditionally read, but I traditionally, unfortunately, traditionally <laughs> cannot read the mailbag. Uh, so uh, I'm going to do one more washing break. <laughs> and I'm going to read the mailbag? Yeah, unless you want to save it to next week. No, well, yeah, that's a lot of reading. We can read it today. Um, all right, everyone. Ladders. We get ladders. We get lots and lots of ladders. I'm just going to my bookmarks on my phone because I need to go to the website so that I can read something that sounds like this. Everyone, oh, we had 10 comments. My goodness. All right. Turn my phone this way. And we'll start with, excuse me, phone. Get your garbage out of my way. We start with Louise Moon. Louise says, I love stained glass. Dave mentioned the stained glass store on Night Street, which closed. It always had cool pieces in its windows. It relocated to Coquitlam, so they are still in business. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. I'm glad to hear that because I, 
I always used to drive by that store, and I always, I was always tempted to go in because uh, when I was younger, I actually took a class in uh, stained glass making. Oh, nice. A sort of night school class, which wasn't really what I wanted. I really would like, I wanted to learn about leaded, like the leading mm-hmm. class where, you know, it's, it's in the lead. This was like the foil stained glass, which you'll see more in like lamps and stuff like that, where it, they, it's connected by, a, by some foil. I can't quite remember how it all, it, it, there's still a bit of welding, but it's not, not to the extent of like leaded stained glass. That's the, the church kind. There is an awesome collection of Louis Comfort Tiffany stained glass at the Morse Museum near Orlando. It's worth a side trip from the theme parks to see the massive Art Nouveau panels, as well as all the lamps and vases. I also admire, we- uh, also admire weaving, Hugo weaving. Someone <laughs> gave me a small table loom, and I read up on how to use it. I made some placemats and table runners with it, but gave up on it fairly quickly. Fairly quickly, you made placemats and a table runner. Yarn and thread were pretty expensive. Mm. And it takes hours to measure and cut the warp threads, then string them on the loom in the proper order. But it was fun throwing the shuttle and seeing the patterns that emerged as the threads intertwined. The worst concert I went to was probably not a bad concert. Someone gave our family tickets to see Andy Williams at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre here in Vancouver. Andy Williams? Andy Williams! Huckleberry friend. There were, lot, there were lots of empty seats, which I thought was... Oh, sorry. Which I thought was sad. His opening act was some drummer doing these long, noisy drum solos. Andy's songs were old-timey, big band stuff, and he ended with this patriotic salute to America, complete with a giant star-spangled banner projected across the stage. Read the room, Yankee! (laughs) This was around the U.S. Bicentennial in 1976, so no doubt that finale played well in Peoria. Looking back, some of those songs would have been classic jazz standards, and that drummer, Buddy Rich, well, he was pretty famous... Yeah. It was probably a good concert for someone. I wonder if there were I wonder if there will be kids in the future forced by their parents to see an aging Michael Bublé in concert who will feel the same way. I believe that Andy Williams owned a theater in like Brandon, Missouri or one of those kind of places where he Branson, I think. Or maybe Branson, Missouri, yeah, where he you know was the high the, yeah. the star of the show and stuff like that. I love Andy Williams singing. Uh so that to me that would be a real pleasure to have seen as a kid, but but I understand why that would be disappointing. Um, the kind of grown-up concert I went to was—I mentioned before—I was going to see Gordon Lightfoot. My mom brought me mm-hmm. to see him when I was in grade four. So I was a big fan. Uh, speaking of the third dragon, which we have a couple times this episode, the third dragon writes to say, "Speaking of stained glass, that is a craft I admire and desperately wish I could do. Well, I probably could find a workshop for it, but I don't have the means to do it at home. And yeah, Ian, there was a guy in a cast up on the slopes. I couldn't get a very close shot, but here's the pick and." Uh, she includes the She picture. includes a link to and the picture. And if you look at it, she's having a bit of fun with me. Oh, is that right? A little bit of fun, yeah. She, she, also, she, also, she also includes some examples of what she wished she could make. She has another mm. link to that on Instagram. Yeah, I did, yeah that was, those are good examples. There's a lot of Millhouse in there. We have a, 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 le, a an email or a letter. Sorry, a letter, a comment. An electronic. A uh, comment, I should say, from, uh, I'm not sure how to read this name, Leza, from Lisa, my wife. My wonderful wife. She says, craft I admire. Oh, there are so many. <laughs> While I admire stained glass and learned in university how hard it was to get red glass, message, we are to admire this color more, I personally have no desire to learn how to make stained glass. On a related note, I have an intense love for blown glass, although being afraid of fire, I again have no desire to do this myself. I have known my wife for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Let's just say about 30 years. I did not know she was afraid of fire. I knew she didn't like water, 
But I did not know there was another element she did not like. Were you confusing her with the Frankenstein monster? I will have to inquire how she feels about Earth and oh. wind. And because, then go see that concert. Yes. Like, how you like it? Uh, I liked some parts of it. I didn't like other parts. Yeah, I was scared of the third part. Um, she says, I also really admire the ability of those people who do, the, do those crazy good pastry arts. At least with a painting or some other similar thing, you keep it around and admire it for a while. Not the case with baking. Hmm. You could take a picture. It'll last longer. Concerts. I kind of had an experience like Louise's, and that I saw Queen with Freddie Mercury, not once, but twice, a year apart. My jaded self was all, what a waste of time, about seeing what was essentially the same show the second time around. What some people would give today to see that. Also, the fact that they didn't sing the, uh, the middle part of Bohemian Rhapsody, but left the stage while a tape played, which I think is kind of cheating. They did? Yeah. Yeah, they didn't sing the the the, the vocal part of Bohemian oh. Rhapsody. That when that part started, they would they actually left the stage, and you got to hear a tape of it. <laughs> okay. Best concert. She finishes Beta Band, which is something we both agree on. Okay. Where where did you see Beta Band? Vancouver. Uh, we saw them at Richards and Richards. Okay. We saw them at the Commodore, and we saw them at Thunderbird Arena, open for Radiohead. And what was the best? Uh, Richards on Richards, because that was the first time we saw them, and our minds were completely blown. But every concert was great. Ed. Edward responds to my wife. Hey, careful who you're talking to, Edward. He says, you're not wrong. I'd pay to see that Queen concert with Freddie and the amazing Brian May. They are pretty amazing. Because I can never forget that Brian, Brian May played a uh, guitar that he made with his dad. Aww. Which just blows my mind. It makes me, makes, makes me so happy that a dad would do that for his. And then it adds, Lisa, if you enjoy glass sculpture, sculptures, check out the amazing work of Chihuly, Dale Chihuly, that is. Oh, of course. Chihuly had an exhibit some years ago at the Dallas Museum of Art, and I had no idea glass could be used to these extremes. If Chihuly ever travels your way, check out his work. It's glass and mind-blowing with no fire needed, and he includes a link to his website. And Ed, let me tell you that Dale Chihuly actually works out of Seattle, Washington, and uh, by what is now the uh, home of the, cr- the new hockey team, the Kraken, they have a museum of his work there, an exhibit of his work, and it is it is brilliant. Lisa and I have gone to see that. And there's also a, a unrelated but still cool glass blowing shop on the walk to from the kind of kind of downtown out towards where um, the Space Needle is and whatnot, and where that museum is. And there's a glass blowing place along there as well, and you can actually see them blowing glass, kind of watch. Watch them doing their thing. I, I will say uh, uh, that uh, every time I pass by any uh, Jahuli uh, stuff in Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, there is a relative of mine uh, that will do this. Ugh. <laughs> is this too much? or Just, ugh. Just dislikes Jahuli oh. stuff so much. Just this like it's too abstract? Just, too abstract? Or? Just, you know, there's reasons. There's okay. reasons, but it's just like, yeah. Ugh. Doesn't like see an enemy. Uh, oh, Ed has written to talk, not just comment, but he has written his own comments. Oh, well, that's good. Over the years... But does Ed ever comment on his own comments? He does. He does. And we're double-edited. Commentception. Over the years, I've had friends who've restored classic cars to look like new. That is something I would love to be able to do, too. Mm-hmm. The bodies, interior, and engine. I thought about how great the payoff is for something that commonly takes years to accomplish. But having the time... Or the cash to enjoy a hobby like auto restoration, but it sure looks like fun. I agree. I and I'm with you there. I don't have the time or the the money, but I would love to like restore Lisa's Mustang, her mm. convertible Mustang. But even better, I would like to have the money to pay someone else to do it. My father, <laughs> who was an AT and T engineer for forty years, used to re- rebuild old telephones, the kind with the wood cases and a cranking magneto inside. 
so he can talk to Myrtle. He'd hit flea markets and conventions where they sold and traded all these old phones, find the parts he needed, rewire, and rebuild them to actually work. In their last house, Dad had a room where most of these antique phones worked like new, and when someone called the house, their ringing could wake the dead. If you crank one of the old wall-mounted phones in the wood case fast enough, the electric feedback was powerful enough to make all the other phones in the room ring at once. <laughs> it was insane. Now Dad devotes all his time... Oh, sorry, everyone. I have... I went off the page there. Now Dad devotes all his time to what? What does he devote his time to, Ed? <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Now i got to go another page. Sorry, everyone. I'm going to guess crime. My dumb fingers. Come on, <laughs> crime. Now Dad devotes his time to crime? Yes, he has a... A team, 11 people, that rob casinos in Las Vegas. Uh, now Dad devotes all his time to genealogy. It's less noisy and isn't a fire hazard. True. I've already spoken about the Beatles' love show at the Mirage Hotel in Las Vegas, but I think that was more of an experience than a concert. It should be considered mandatory if you're a Beatles fan. Better if you can go see this in Vegas and bypass all the gambling. It's worth the trip. I would like to see that. Yeah, now. me too. I had that a few. Might be an oh. extra completely Beatles episode. <laughs> yeah, I had a few coworkers surprise me with a ticket to a Hans Zimmer concert a few years ago. Zimmer toured around the world with his show, and it was unbelievable with what he brought to that stage. I've seen John Williams twice conduct the Dallas Symphony, which was kind of a bucket list thing for me. But the real deal would be to see Williams with the London Symphony Orchestra. The London Symphony Orchestra was touring about twelve years ago, not with Williams and had a concert planned for Dallas. I didn't even think twice about it and bought a ticket to go. A few weeks later, my money was refunded, and the concert was cancelled due to lack of interest. Boo. I couldn't believe that. Seeing the LSO is still high on my list if they ever forgive Dallas for an insult like that. I've never been a huge rock concert enthusiast, but I have mentioned before that I've seen the Rolling Stones three times back in the 80s and 90s, which is three times more than any other band, really. They were old fuckers then, and they're still at it to this day, which is unbelievable to me. And people piss and moan about Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones for a fifth time. I'll throw in McCartney as an honorable mention since I saw him once back in the early 90s. That was a really huge show. There you go. Nice. Thank you, Ed. Peter Ayers writes, he says, add me to the list of people happy to hear Ian's dulcet tones in the lug holes again. Aww. In the Sneaky Dragon movie, you would at this point have movie amnesia. And a dead body to account for. Okay. Um, yeah. Two. A little bit. Be able to speak Esperanto. Uh, <laughs> Have the ability to see into the future if you eat a childhood favorite chocolate bar. Oh, okay. Sure, sure. Uh, childhood favorite chocolate bar. Uh, yeah, I had a... Ch- uh, oh, boy. Does that count? Yeah, caramel. I had a caramel. Okay. Yeah, and uh, the future is uh, we'll be doing this next week. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Startling. Oh, and also I, I see that we're going to probably go to White Spot later. Mm, yeah. Nice. Have woken up in the year 2023 with the year of Dark Shadows to catch up on. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he brings us a playlist, too. This is exciting. A few songs to begin the inevitable playlist for Ian's mishap, since nobody else has. Oh, my God. Here we go. Okay. Slippery People, Talking Heads. All right. Head Over Heels. Sure. Okay. Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears, yeah. Oops, Upside Your Head, the Gap, the Gap Band. Okay, yeah, yeah. Ain't That a Kick in the Head. Yeah, yeah, Martin, fair enough, yeah. And Placebo Head Wound by Flaming Lips. Jeez, okay, fine. Peter continues. Well, you guys are having such fun with it. <laughs> you could also do Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> That's what I fell on. 
Uh, people who need people. Those are the people that help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 there. Um, Peter continues, he writes. He actually does write, Peter continues. This week's discussion of faith healers took me back one whole week <laughs> to David's chat with Jason about getting back treatment, which touched a nerve in my spine. To my dismay, you mentioned that you might be visiting a kinesiologist. As someone who has suffered from back pain, including three months of agony with a herniated disc, I would strongly recommend that you stay well away from this practice, which amounts to quackery and stick to proven maintenance regimes. I first encountered the word kinesiology at the start of my back injury journey. I had been recommended a sports physio by a good friend who has been dealing with chronic injuries for many years. The treatment center had a gym attached and was right next to London's Royal Ballet School, the source of all the injured ex-ballet dancers I started to meet at around age 25. I was in desperate pain and went along with the treatment. Soon, I was surprised to find myself participating in something more akin to stage hypnosis than actual therapy. Being asked to look at pictures of crossed and uncrossed lines as part of the arm pull-down test. This test involves the practitioner pushing against the patient's arm under changing conditions. As the conditions change, it becomes more or less easy to resist the pressure. It's bunkum, if interesting bunkum, but I've never been able to tell my friend that his beloved physio is actually an exploitative crank. The arm pull-down test was beautifully debunked by the dearly missed James Randi. Question of the week. Let me just interrupt this just to say that um, I am also um, kind of uh, skeptical uh, skeptical about uh, chiropractors, mostly because I read an H.L. Mencken essay about it when I was younger. But... I did do physio a couple of times for my back and I just, it's still not working. You know, so I'm still having problems. So yeah. I just thought, what the heck? I try someone who a friend recommended who is a chiropractor and who kind of combines chiropractor, chiropractic with, with uh, physio, which even more to Peter's disgust. So, um, I'm just going to see how it goes. Sure. If it doesn't work out, then no harm, no foul, I guess, but it's ever a lot of money on the drain. But, um, but yeah, I just thought I'd just try something. Something's better than nothing, I thought. Yeah. So now, Peter continues. Question of the week. Or as he's written here, Kwatwa. <laughs> Kwatwa. Crafts. I love stone carving. It's much easier to get into than you might think. But you need time, and that's one thing I have little of at the moment. I spent a beautiful summer on the island of Portland. That's a city, sir. Carving the local stone, <laughs> as used by Portland's mayor, Sir Christopher Wren, on the great buildings of London. Carving, like many crafts, is a perfect mix of zen-like mind and no mind. The combination of intense focus and repetitive tap, tap, tap sends you into a trance-like flow state, which allows time to melt away and allows you to ignore bodily functions. When you look up at the end of the day, you step back into your own pile of poo. No, you step back <laughs> You step back to see a new thing in front of you. My phone turned off again. Phone? Uh, sorry. You step back to see a new thing in front of you. Well, that's something remarkable. Agreed. Amazing. Concerts. I caught glam rock revivalists Earl Brutus at the tiny basement night and day club in Manchester. The stage was sent stage was set with a pair of rotating forecourt signs reading piss slash off and beer slash chips. <laughs> they came on stage, split their backstage sandwiches, played a blistering set, smashed a bank of computer monitors, and let off fireworks that bounced off the low ceiling. The whole thing lasted fifty minutes. It was brilliant. At the larger end of the spectrum, Bestival on the Isle of Wight has a fancy dress theme each year. Seeing Kraftwerk, seeing the Kraftwerk robots playing We Are the Robots to a field of people dressed as robots was pretty special. Thanks for, thanks for the listening pleasure taps. Much love, Peter. 
P.S. Can you remind me when you record your show so I know which, which deadline I'm missing? Ta. Well, we record on Thursdays. Yep, usually Thursday afternoons. Usually yes. around 4.30. Until about uh, 2 in the morning. Until about 2 in the morning. Then we edit it, make it nice and tight. <laughs> and so um, you're eight hours ahead since you're in England. So that means that you your cutoff time would be 12.30 at night. Yep. All right. Oh, Peter goes on to, to add. He says, bonus material on Earl Brutus, because I know David likes this sort of thing. He says, no need to read it out, but I will. Earl uh-huh. Brutus was an offshoot of World of Twist, featuring lead man Nick Sanderson, Jamie Fry, brother of ABC's Martin Fry. F-R-Y. F-R-Y, yeah. That's uh, just a line from the songs. Oh. Name's Martin Fry, F-R-Y. Who needs the moon when you've got the stars? Nice. That was a very popular album in its day, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Look of Love. Or Lexicon of Love, I should Lexicon say. Lexicon of Love. Live shows were augmented by the presence of Shinya. This one was, sorry, that was from How to, How to Be a Millionaire. Oh, really? Yes. Live shows were augmented by the presence of Shinya Hayashida, who was employed to stand on stage with a beer and headbang or shout random abuse at the audience. <laughs> Sanderson died of cancer age 47, and the band reformed as the pre-new. Yes, I know World of Twist. I have a record by them. I don't think I've ever listened to it, though. Hmm. It's one of the things you buy because you hear you, sh- hear you should listen to it. Then you're like, World of Twist, kind of an unpleasant name. I don't know if I can bring myself to do this, but but uh, I will check it out. Oh, Regis writes. Regis. Hey. Regis steps. I didn't know Regis wrote. I know you wrote, but I didn't know you wrote today. Regis says, hi. Hello. Glad Mr. Glad Mr. Bampton likes my views on his podcast. And yes, the submarine thing made quite a big noise here. You don't know what we're talking about, Ian, and that's okay. But we like to fight with everything Anglo-Saxon and despise everything Latin. That's why everybody loves France, (laughs) but not always the French. By the way, Dirty Harry, 1971, is the same year as Columbo. Quite opposite takes on policing. Hmm. And as you know, I love neurodiversity. And boy, what a specimen. Socially awkward, oblivious of propriety, yet attentive to how people need attention. Obsessive behavior like only eating chili. Dressed like a tramp, but has good culture and is a fast learner. Forgets everything. A messy train of thought, but with a compulsive attention to details and a capacity to connect things or meanings which does not seem to fit logically or be related. Doesn't like being taken for a dum dum at all, and be quite and can be quite mean when necessary. And he is quite annoying. The hobby conundrum. Every time I saw somebody make something requiring skills, I want to do it. And there are a ton of woodcrafters, mechanics, makers of all sorts on YouTube or Instagram to be inspired by. I'm waiting feverishly for each new episode of Colin Furs, Bad Motorsport Obsession, This Old Tony, among others. Ian, yeah, I like your remark about not. For- not forgetting things by photographing them to have a tr- have a trace of your accomplishments because 520 episodes of podcasts some good writing several comics shows and other things that's only a few things <laughs> i usually forget projects because i start five things in parallel see new cool techniques searching for the current project so i drift forget half complete projects then i find the remains tucked away in some boxes some months later while rummaging to find some pieces i need for a new project soon to be forgotten too for the smashing stat of this new year, a mother in emergency for brain problems. I already wait. I'm already waiting for 2023, but not with too much hope. And then, and they just discovered she had COVID right before the surgery. Oh. Hopefully, she has all her three shots. Best concerts? If only I could remember. I would say the Zappa by Zappa concert. Yeah, that's very good. I saw the uh, initial one of that. That's where Dweezil Zappa played his dad's music. Oh, cool. Um, some Nick Cave ones. M. 
uh, French singer guitarist Matthew Shadid, uh, Robert Plant slash Jimmy Page, a quite uh, a quite a mixed experience because of the crowd movements. But you know, nostalgia of a time I was, but you know, nostalgia for a time I wasn't born. Oh, and Chili Gonzalez, what an entertainer! I don't really know him very well. I only know I think he produced um, Feist. Oh, okay. Like her album that everyone loved, the one, you know, one, two, three. Yeah, uh, I think that was also uh, Columbo's favorite food. Chili Gonzalez. Yes, that's right. Yes. Have you uh, have you had my chili? Uh, plus some gigs of unknown blues guitars at pubs in the Paris flea market of Glignacourt in my youth. That be all, folks. Thank you very much, Regis. Uh, and uh, there's actually some good videos on YouTube about uh, Columbo eating. He ate more than chili. Okay. Like one episode where there was like a fancy food uh, one in you. You saw that, like, oh, he really likes his food, and he really knows his way around, like, gourmet food as well. <laughs> so, you know, there's depth to that fella. Yes. Okay, just one second. I'm just going to take a refreshing sip of Coke. <laughs> That's what makes it refreshing. Sorry about my throat noises, everyone. I'm I... sorry that you have to read double time. It's okay. It's things. okay. I'm going to uh, get surgery. And then write a book about it called Guadalcanal Diary. One hobby I've always been fascinated by, but have never learned myself, is... Oh, sorry. Who are we talking about? I forgot to tell everyone. This is from Jada. Did I just, did I just black out? This is from Jada. Okay. <laughs> the subject is giving Ian a break. Oh. One hobby I've always been fas- fascinated by, but have never learned myself, is crocheting and knitting. Yeah. I know how to sew, but knitting and crocheting seem like magic to me. It does seem like magic, right? I got a lot of family members there. Yeah. Like people who can knit a sweater. My um, That's just madness. My sister-in-law, uh, Victoria, uh, gave me enough instruction that I was able to uh, do a Simpsons uh, story where Bart learns to knit. And we uh, tried to make the actual page uh, where he learns to knit instructions on how to knit. If you've got cool. uh, four fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But that's in uh, Death of Comic Book Guy. Uh, Bart takes up knitting. And mm. if you want to look at the basics of knitting, that's it's there. Bart uh, showing you. Neat. Yeah, Eve tried to learn when she was younger, but this didn't, couldn't stick with it. It was too too much at that age. But there's no one around her doing it, so it's hard to be encouraged when yeah, no one yeah. else is around. It's nice uh, It's nice to have a knitting circle or some friends mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I like him to get back when Yoko's just sitting there knitting when they're playing. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, in the when they're in the big studio. The My sister studio. had a knitting group, and uh, yeah, they'd go to you know restaurants and, and uh, do the knitting, and yeah, just like a, a knitting gang. Leave them alone; they're knitting. <laughs> and also, they can knit, so they have sharp things yeah. to poke you with. Yep, and they know how to use them. <laughs> Maybe because it seems like it would take forever, and it, and I don't have the brain power. I don't believe you don't There's have the brain power. Strong That's disagree. Come on with that. Oh, don't give us that Jada. You're smart, stupid. We know that. Yeah, come on, dummy. <laughs> and I don't have the brain power to focus on something for that long. Maybe one day I'll bite the bullet and buy some yarn. We're sorry we called you names. Yeah, I'll, I'll by apologize. The way. Apologize. We're really we, sorry about we that. We know you're a smarty pants. Yeah, well, why would you bite a bullet? This is what, <laughs> think. what we're talking about at all. As for concerts, mm. I've never been to a concert I didn't enjoy. Oh, okay. And I've been to several concerts of bands I have little to no knowledge about. Taking along with friends. Live music is just fantastic, in my opinion, no matter the genre. My favorite concert experience has to go to my favorite band. Here it comes. King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard. You forgot to add that part on there. King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard. The, yes, they're an Australian band. Though the concert did start with a concert hall-sized mosh pit. Seriously, 
the entire standing room erupted. And I personally don't care for things like that. Me neither. Yeah. I just want to watch. I don't like people bumping into no, me. No, the concert really started with them coming out and then they had to shake out their shoes because mm-hmm. they were Australian. Australian, yeah. make sure there's no spiders, yeah. put them on, then begin the concert. That's right. It quickly settled down and I was left to focus on the spectacular performance. I think what I particularly loved about it was the sheer energy from the band and it got the whole crowd very excited. And I think the payoff after trying to see them for years to no avail made the experience even more memorable. Well, thank you, Jada. And thank you, everyone else, for writing this week. We appreciate it. I love to... Actually, I shouldn't say I appreciate it. I love to hear your comments. They're so much fun. I was thinking, like, uh, maybe fun for uh, our listeners is one of the questions of the week is uh, to try and play the game that we were playing and see if they can do it. Yeah. So I'm going to pick up two random uh, cards Sure, sure. Okay, one card is... uh, No, that one we already uh, picked. Yeah. So that's no good. Pick from the middle somewhere, yeah. I'm going to pick right from the middle. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, here we go. All right. See if they can do it. Sure. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. He's got a good uh, comedy and uh, dramatic. Good filmography too. Lots of different movies from John C. Riley. Oh boy, Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Try to com- try to get those two together. John C. Riley. Paul Newman. How many? Co- oh, you don't. Don't I, do it. I can do it. Don't do it. I can do it. But t- I... T- tell me it off. <laughs> Listen, you know what? Write it down, and then next week, mm. you mention how you did it. Okay. All right. We'll do that. We'll do that. I might be able to do it, too. Okay. I will. Uh, oh. <laughs> and we're not counting uh, We're not counting voiceovers, right? We're not nope. counting voiceovers? No, it has to be a performed. Okay. I want to see it as an, as an actor in a piece, not as an actor, as a voice actor. Speaking of actors, here's, my, here's one of my questions would be... Uh, Who's an actor okay. that will get you to go out and, and watch them in a movie? Like, this actor has a movie out. Mm. I'm there. Let's go. Is there any actor that you like so much that they will get you to the theater? Okay. You know, uh, instead of just watching it at home. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Those are good, two good questions, and I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing the different paths people take to get... Uh, from John C. Riley. John C. Riley To Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Or from Paul Newman. To John C. Riley, mm-hmm. you choose. Oh boy, yeah, I could do it. I have already done it. All right, I've already I'm done looking, it. I'm looking forward to talking to you after, uh, <laughs> I've already after done the it. episode. I'm done, but okay. Thank you so much for uh, for uh, coming along and listening and uh, tolerating uh, my many bathroom breaks and being a little bit off right now. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm uh, more uh, with it uh, next week. It's the one week anniversary of uh, the uh, getting my booster, so uh, you know that's. Uh, I'm going uh, tomorrow. Yay! And uh, you know our our friend Third Dragon uh, Nina Matsumoto just got hers. Yeah. So uh, all the dragons are going to be boosted. <laughs> so they're completely boosted dragons. I hope hopefully uh, you guys have gotten yours and you're doing all right and staying in good health. Um, and uh, yeah, here's what you do if you want to uh, uh, write to us and uh, and link those uh, actors together is you go to uh, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com if you're emailing sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. You can also go to good old Twitter, which is Sneaky underscore Dragon. Go on Facebook. We're Sneaky Dragon. Yeah, it's uh, we're there. Or a Tumblr, uh, SneakyDragon.tumblr.com. Or what most people are doing nowadays, the cool kids are doing, they're going to SneakyDragon.com, the website. Wow. We've got every episode there of every show we've ever done. Underneath each one of them, there's a little message area. Boom. You can post it there. And you're like, oh boy, you know, I wish I could post a past episode, post a little something there. You can. This is a thing. <laughs> no problem whatsoever. No limit. Uh, so uh, so feel free to do that. And that will also give you access to our other free podcasts, which are Completely Beatles, Totally Tintin, Full Marks, 
uh, yabbity yabbity and blabbity blabbity and gabbity goobity. Uh, what's our uh, movie one again? Uh, Fansplainers. Fansplainers. There we go. We just had someone write to us about uh, Totally Tintin. There we are. Criticize us for not knowing what an English stone is, what, what it means. Mm. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. We wouldn't know what it meant. Maybe we were joking and you misunderstood us. I don't know. I'm not going to go back and listen to the episode to find out what mistake we made. You know what? Uh, if they're complaining about that, I say you go to Europe and you uh, just ask around and see if like, hey, you guys got any notes uh, would, when you're there. I would, love, I would love to go to Europe, but it looks like we're not going to go. Oh, nuts. Yeah. Okay. Everyone's afraid of, uh, mostly afraid of coming back and getting stuck. Yeah. And to get back. Okay. Um, you know what? I've had enough of COVID. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with COVID. I'm done with ICE. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, both the uh, ice on the ground and the organization that rounds people up. I don't like either of them. Neither. I'm not even a big fan of the character Iceman. Both the Marvel character yep. and or uh, the character from Top Gun. Top Gun? Yeah. I believe Val oh. Kilmer's character was called Iceman. That's right. Yeah, I, I don't care for yeah. any of those. No, I don't agree Val with Kilmer, you. who is both Iceman and Batman. I don't care when he's coming. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Why you, why you come a thing? That's <laughs> a question everyone's asking. Yeah. You know what? He had one of the worst coming out stories ever. Come a thing out stories? Come a thing out stories, yes. Mm. Uh, which was um, uh, Marvel Girl, yes. who was a psychic, okay. uh, went up to him and told him he was gay. That's not what? how you come out. No. That's very rude. That seems a little That's very weird. rude. Keep that to yourself, mind reader. <laughs> You know, uh, when he wants to come out, he's going to come out. Yeah. Knock that, knock that shit off, Jean Grey. <laughs> Don't you have a planet of broccoli people to kill, mm-hmm. you jerk? Yeah, yeah. Jean Grey. Don't you have two terrible X-Men movies to uh, make about your journey to be Phoenix? Leave, leave Iceman alone. He'll come out when he wants to. Knock it off. Poor guy. Poor little Bobby Drake. That's his name. Oh, ice, yeah, Iceman. Bobby Drake. Uh, Should have called him Ice Kid. Ice Kid? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's surprising they didn't call him Snowman because he looked like a snowman when he started off. Yeah. Yeah. There you are. I guess uh, they were trying to be classy and they're trying to do. Uh, was it a Eugene O'Neill play, The Iceman Cometh? Yes. Very good. You know, I just thinking now that they, he should have done more comedies. You're right. The, All no. Wilderness is only comedy, Eugene O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, was, I was in it. That's the only reason I know that. Oh, trivia. okay. Okay. No, I was just thinking that we all kind of, you know, I, I love. Jack Kirby, like everyone else, I think Jack Kirby's great. But his designs for characters, sometimes pretty disappointing. Like his Iron Man design. Like when you know like the modern Iron Man, then you go back and look at the original Iron Man where he just looks like a tea kettle walking around. <laughs> what is that about? That's not a good design. That's not exciting. And he designed the original Iron Man, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was uh, Herb Don, or Don, Don Heck. Oh, no, I don't think so. Okay. No, it was it was originally drawn by, by Kirby and then take, taken over later on by other people. Yeah, you think of that design or you think of... Yeah, like, like you know, the X-Men. Isn't that great design? The black outfits, yeah. The X-Men, oh boy, howdy. Like, if, if, Dave, don't get me started. <laughs> On the very first page of X-Men number one, mm-hmm. it just, it just like, I, I could talk honestly for like a half hour about it. <laughs> but in general, if you ever get a chance, look at page one yeah. from X-Men one. And I don't mean the Jim Lee uh, redo. I mean the Jack Kirby Stanley for very first one. Mm-hmm. What? Professor Xavier is sitting in a chair. Mm-hmm. The chair keeps changing what it is. He's, <laughs> by the way, Professor Xavier is a fellow who's in a wheelchair, right? Mm-hmm. He's sitting in a chair in the middle of the room. How'd he get there? 
did someone just take him there, sit him down, put a blanket on <laughs> yeah, him, yeah. and then leave? Because the next thing he does is he calls the X-Men to him. Well, why didn't you just wait? Let that person wait. Like, it's a weird thing. Like, did you carry Professor Xavier to a chair? Okay, that's that. Mm-hmm. Then uh, he's he, the opening shot is them looking through. You can see through a window to him. Next next panel. There's no window there. There's no window for the rest of the damn thing. There's no window. And, and the room just changes every t- every every scene. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he calls the X-Men in. And, and Iceman slides down from a pole. Mm-hmm. From what? The ceiling? Does he have a but hole? Did he make it? Isn't it a, a pole he made out of ice? Yeah, he slid down a pole. So what did he do? He like created an ice pole and slid down it. But wait, he would have to climb up it. He's on the ground. So he would have had to like, all right, here comes Iceman. And he'd climb up the pole. Yeah. And then he'd wee, slide <laughs> down it. That's the only thing it could have been. It made sure. no sense. Yeah. Nothing, nothing there made sense at all. He's a member of the ice department. They always slide down an ice pole. Yeah. And even if you look at the cover, yeah. they're all attacking Magneto in the dumbest way humanly possible. They're all just, they're just dum-dums. Yeah. You know, doing the worst. Thing. Like, uh, uh, Bobby Drake, again, he's got, he's standing like, I don't know, six feet from Magneto. Okay. And he's throwing a snowball at him. First of all, he's throwing a <laughs> snowball at him to that and yeah. missing him by a mile. Like, can he not see through the snow on his face? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a snowman, so no. Uh, every one of them is just, like, missing and not even close. This is pro- probably why it only ran for six issues originally. It ran longer than that. But, yeah, okay. it ran, like, 56 or something like that. Then okay. They killed off Professor Xavier, and then uh, they brought him back later. Said he was an alien. Who? He, the new one was an alien or the old one was an alien? Uh, that was uh, that was a th- they had the death of Professor X the yeah. first time Professor X died uh, when they brought him back it was because uh, he was an alien uh, that was uh, the, the the it was an alien pretending to be Professor X real Professor X was fine okay yeah who got killed the alien got killed yeah okay. the fake Professor X alien what, like a scroll or something like that some some crap but he wasn't a scroll yeah he was just another alien that could who cared oh. no one cared it was just that guy he was one of those guys he was a scroll. Was this, yeah, it was a scroll. He couldn't. He was working his way up to being a scroll. <laughs> By the way, uh, if your X Men story involves aliens, I know that's what they do. Don't do that. Don't do. Don't don't do that. It's it makes no sense to your concept. It's like what's that? What makes well, the concept is? Uh, what's the deal with the X Men? Well, they're hated and feared because they're different. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, but there's but there's aliens, and they have generally the same powers as the X Men, and they're like, oh, well, then wouldn't they have? Wouldn't people have bigger issues with like, oh? Aliens, that's I'm much more concerned about that. Mm-hmm. No, no, I still got issues with yeah. the X-Men. No, you don't. Because yes. aliens just showed up. Totally aliens. But the X-Men are illegal aliens. Oh, well, that's fair enough. Yeah. Not Talking about ice. Oh, oh, there you go. All right. Anyway, uh, we've gone on too long. Um, but uh, thank you again for uh, your kind attention. We will uh, talk to you uh, next time. I've been Ian. I've been David. Bye. Goodbye. Let me stop this.